0: D- P, the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake.
1: Excuse me, what do you mean I haven't signed up for Rachel's Raiders yet? I'm there, and my guy named Scott gave me a nice little donation. Thank you, Scott. That's great. I only had to ask it like 20 times. Yep. That's great.
2: Yeah. Adam is going to fall short of like the minimum donation it requires to play. <laughs> I don't
1: understand why I get so much heat for this. Like he's not I gonna always
2: get the, the dollars. I,
3: I, I, do I always times. hit it. Don't do it. I you always hit it. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to climb over this table, Adam. Jesse, it got to the point where I was like, yo, Adam, check this out. This is so funny. LOL, like laughing emoji. And then it was just the link to sign up. I asked
2: Adam, hey, did you sign up? And his response was, of course. Like, that's not just gaslighting me knowing that you haven't signed up the 80 times I, when we asked you to sign up.
1: I have a perfect record of showing up on time to things and signing up on things for things on time. Oh, perfect yeah. record. If, if perfect record is like, oh, for a million. Perfect, perfect. record. Yeah. It's, Je- it never happens. Yeah. Jesse, Which is why. How
3: much <laughs> have you raised so far?
2: Uh, a couple hundred dollars, I think.
3: Oh,
0: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Damn, yeah, You were me really too. supposed to say more than that. So that I could be like, oh, see? But no, now you're just on par with Adam. So yeah. you signed up. How about you fundraise a little <laughs>
2: bit? I'll do something right now. <laughs> Hit the link in the description and donate to my rate. Are you only putting your Raiders link in the description, by the page. way? No, me and Steve are there. I did not know you had a page. Oh,
1: okay. I'll send it to you.
3: <laughs> this is my job. I'll send it to you. Every year. Every year. Being a captain is a pain in the ass. You have to. It's like herding cats.
1: But at the end of the day, it's just about...
3: Playing hockey with your pals for a good cause, am I right, boys? It's
1: going to be really fun. I'm I'm so looking forward to it this year. Mm-hmm. Donate to these fucking idiots pages. Yeah. Hey. Us. The idiots. Um, also, this weekend, get ready for the first ever live and in-person Game Over Head to Head as Game Over Edmonton and Game Over Calgary get together at the Pint near White Ave in Edmonton. Head to uh, Edmonton. Head to Edmonton after the Heritage Classic. You can meet Avery, Dennis, Zach, Audie, Peter. They're all going to be there. Special guests Julian McKenzie and Andrew Berkshire what? are going to be there as well. They we got Julian? That's right. That's right. And uh, so we can't wait to see you. Um, it's going to be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, and we have a special treat, courtesy of our good friends at Temperance Brewing, who are the sponsors Aye. of Game Over Edmonton. Uh, as those who aren't drinking alcohol, will be treated to a variety of non-alcoholic cocktails, brews, and, and spirits. Join us for Sober October. Have a ton of fun. Uh, I'm going to give Jesse the link. It will be in the, in the description for this event. A lot uh, of links. You can sign up. It's an Eventbrite link. So I will send that to Jesse after the so, so, yeah. uh, Sober October? Or october, it should have been like sobtober. <laughs> sobtober. No, oh, no. October. I- october.
3: See, this is this is called. Uh, what is this called? We're working it.
2: Brainstorm. Up. Yeah. Brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they had a name, and we don't need to expand
3: on it. <laughs> and I, like, I think they, I think we they figured out. the name of that. Also, what like, if? And like, game over. I'm not yeah. sure mm. the, it's. You know, the game has just begun in my mind. <laughs> So we're going to change that also.
1: Game never ends. Really? Game never ends. Game forever. Um.
3: (laughs) Game, it's over.
1: Yeah, so I want to make sure we we hit that stuff because it's really cool that we're getting a game over. That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. It's going to be like sadness
2: because both teams are going to find a way to lose and it's, it's going to be, <laughs> like, it's gonna be a,
1: a lose-lose game. I don't know if you saw their games last night. The only way these two are going to win a game is if they play each other. I yeah. swear to God, like, they're so bad. It's the terrible. Flames
3: have two wins. Like Where'd that come from?
1: I know. How'd they even get that? <laughs> One more than the Oilers. Dude, that is the... The, the Flames top line, and we're going to get to this, so, but I, the Flames top line has combined in the first eight games of this year for 11 points total.
3: It's just not... Oh, my God. It's a lot. The Oilers are now, so for those of you playing at home, I said it last episode and it's gotten worse. They're now two regulation losses away from starting the season at the same pace as the O nine ten 9 10 Leafs who finished second last. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but like, also it might. And at what point do I go, you know what? I might have been wrong about the whole cup contenders. Thing. You
2: know, I, so, wasn't
1: gonna, I wasn't going to start here, but let's go with the Oilers. Let's last night,
2: they were booed off the ice in the second period. And I think on Sunday, we're going to watch a team get booed off the ice at the Winter Classic. And that's going to be extraordinary to watch. And got, Classic. Sorry.
3: And First of all, I don't think we've ever seen that. No. A team get booed off the ice in an outdoor game. Uh, second of all, that was, you know, we talked about how much their defense and goaltending has let them down. They actually had a pretty decent performance. Got shut out. It's
1: well, man, it's bad. Um, it's bad. So there, let's, man. let's talk about the start of this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going into this game.
3: Uh, you're so good at your job, by the way.
1: The Oilers were 31st in save percentage. Okay? No, no, start at the real start. Oh, Doug, what? wait. Oh well, that's what I was going to get into. Okay, that's uh, the start. The, well, okay, Doug Weight and Charlie Huddy inducted into the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame, which is great. We love that. That man underrated the Doug Waite years in Edmonton. No one gives uh, no one gives that enough because of you know obviously because of Mc, when you're between McDavid and Gretzky, it's yeah. kind of hard to find your own. But those Oilers teams. You, you couldn't help but love them, mm-hmm. especially that series where it was Cujo and Doug Waite. Against, people forget Cujo was an oiler, too. Todd Marchant. Uh, Todd Marchant against the Dallas Stars. That Dallas Stars mm. series, to me, is one of my favorite from my childhood. Like, it was crazy. Oh. I used to beg my parents to stay up late to watch it.
3: The the Cujo uh, glove save from behind the net.
1: The I remember I had that hockey <laughs> card with oh. him on it. And the guy that, that uh, at the, when I opened it, I was in a hockey card store, and the guy was like, you're not going to believe it, but you just got the hockey card of the year. It was named hockey card of the year, the Cujo behind the back seat. <laughs> oh, dude, it's what? so sick. It's a crazy, and I gave it to you. <laughs> it's, in, it's a part of my hockey card collection. That I gave to you. It's in there somewhere. Leo just got into hockey cards. Yes. Just got into, but, but by the way, like this is- I hope is, Oilers wins.
3: Uh, Honestly, like I got like a marketing 101 from the Leaf uh, Blackhawks game, mm-hmm. whichever it was that started at six. No, it wasn't Blackhawks. Doesn't matter. Uh, game started at six, Leafs Capitals. Yep. And Leo immediately was like, these are my heroes. Oh my gosh. And then at, uh, he like saw a hockey card of mine and he asked for more. And SL's like, who's Besser? His favorite one is Besser, because I I got him a bunch of Leafs cards, and I was like, Brock Besser. I didn't get him Brock Besser. Alan Bester. Oh, <laughs> I got him really? an Alan because he loves the goalies, and now he's obsessed with hockey because he, he because the game started an hour earlier. St- Jesse,
1: mm. I just want you to imagine something, okay?
3: Trying to talk about the Oilers when you host the show with
1: Steve. It's twenty third. All right, Steve's son is just entering the era of boyhood where shots start to become real. Like, you know, when you're a kid, when you're 5, take, you know, when you're a goalie and you're taking a shot, it's no big deal. But you start to get 8, 9, 10 years old, those shots start to get serious, okay? Hmm. And and Steve's, Steve's son who became obsessed with hockey through Steve has become a goalie cuz he's obsessed with goalie. Oh no. I want you to imagine oh, Steve no! in the stands. What have I done? Watching his kid take shots off the face from uh, from the point. As he gets gets into his teen years.
3: I'll say that's using your face.
2: You're gonna be, yeah. you're little, gonna be worried. Little no. Paxton Riley's taking shots right off the mask. Yeah. You know, he's just aiming for Leo's mask. Leo will kick
3: Paxton Riley's <laughs> ass. <laughs> and also Noah McKenzie. Noah McKenzie. Uh, you could have done better. Also, Ashlyn. Dash- Ashlyn, da- that's a good one. Ashlyn Daxton, Yep, Ashlyn yep. Daxton. Leo is going to kick their ass. <laughs> He's going to make them quit hockey.
1: So after the Doug Weight and Charlie Huddy thing, what you should know is that the Oilers were came into this game thirty first in save percentage, which is eight five two. That's a team average. Wow. By the way, Stuart Skinner is in eight forty four right now, uh, and thirty first in goals against average with a four five o. Yeah, you can't win games like that. Although I didn't need to add the o because. O is implied. You can, a 4-5. But I, as a as hockey, hockey player, I, I can't help but write the O. I know. You have to. Uh, game is scoreless after one. All things considered, that's a good result. If you were watching the game, though, you know the Rangers were controlling pace. Yes. 12-5, they were outshot.
3: But sometimes uh, you lose a period, and a, you come out of it with a tie, and that's good enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. You, well, you go to the dressing room, you regroup, you win the next period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas last night had five shots in the first. They had mm-hmm. 16 in the second. Like, not every period is the same. So, no, you don't want to get outplayed in the first. Good that you survived it. You survived to the second.
2: I don't think every Euler hates uh, Jay Woodcroft, but they might a little because of that effort in that first period. Like they had they had a couple uh, really good sh- scoring chances off the rush, but that was kind of it. And then the rest of it was all Rangers. And to you have the ceremony, it takes a lot of time. I get like, hey, we're not really warmed up after we got to stand around and have the ceremony. But like the Either Rangers the came out Rangers. to play. yeah. And this is your home rink. Like you got to come out and show something, especially because of how all the previous games went, where it's a lot of just sloppy hockey. And then you come out and you don't have anything going. Like that first period was bad.
3: If there was hardcore evidence that ceremonies hurt a home team a home team's chance of winning they would stop doing them
1: <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no evidence well there. the only team that's good at them is montreal yes It's the only team 45 minutes of pure electricity yeah well so, sometimes they fall flat but if anybody's going to succeed it's the canadian staff that's they do a good pregame um shots were 10-5 after the first 18 18- 13 after the second and Jesse mentioned it the last minute 20 seconds to go Oilers fans are already booing uh, because they're down yeah. and it's bad and uh, th- all three goals uh, Adam Fox um, Alexi Efren, Lafreniere who's been amazing mm-hmm. uh, this season really great start uh, nice and Aaron team. seems to get it, it got him going last night it was good seems to be right Yeah. yeah. Um, and Oilers fans are booing them going into the second period. So not only are you down 3-0, but your own fans are booing you. And here's the thing. They deserve it. Yeah. Uh, And Jonathan Quick, at the end of the game, who was unplayable, according to Rangers writers in the preseason, gets the shutout. So listen, the Oilers don't score. It's not that they just don't score. It's they don't score against Jonathan Quick. You can't get one. Dude, starting Jonathan Quick against
3: the Oilers, even without Connor McDavid... I mean I mean you should be licking your chops if you're the Oilers, if you're an Oilers fan. If you're even like an Oilers player fantasy holder, if you have Drysidle, Nugent Hopkins, even like Kane, Hyman, Bouchard, you should be like, Oh, we're feasting tonight. Mm-mm. Jesse,
1: you've got a big spreadsheet and I think it's a oh. shift <laughs> chart.
2: Yeah, I, like, I love going back to the shift chart just to make sure like my eyes know what happened and who was on the ice and that sort of stuff because there was i I'm sorry, are you using the eye test? <laughs> there, well, I'm using, with you? you I'm never using watch the actual data ah. to, to uh, analyze what happened in the game because Bullshit. they were doing a lot of double shifting Leon Dreisaitl and Leon Dreisaitl wasn't the reason at all they lost the game last night. He was actually fantastic. And no, I thought- no, was, I wasn't Stuart Skinner, is, no, I don't think anybody's saying that. And Stuart Skinner as well had a decent game. Yeah. It's just all of the other parts of the Oilers seem to be broken, and they have a guy like Adam Earn who should not be playing up in the lineup, playing with Leon Drysaddle at times. Like he, he'll start low in the lineup, and then Jay Woodcock will throw him out, and he'll be on he'll be on his wing, and then you have Yan Mark there who can't play top six minutes, and it's a mess of a of a structure in on on the defensive side because nobody can seem to get this new uh zone defense they're trying to go. Their breakouts and the neutral zone especially seems to be where they're struggling jack hahn on twitter did some work on that about how they're they're going from uh neutral zone to the defensive zone and how it just doesn't work for the oilers and a lot of this falls on ken holland for roster construction at the end of the day you got a collection of guys who are not good enough and you should be able to put a roster together with Connor mcdavid and leon dress so that works
1: and let me back that up what if last year was like their maximum. No, yeah. no. It's too early to say that. But first, first off, I want to ask you about the shift chart. Yeah, is the person with the dark blue thing Leon Drysidel or Stuart Skinner all the way through the game? That Leon play the entire game? Or <laughs> that's gotta it's, be the goal. Gotta the be Skinner, room. right? Yeah. I just thought uh, the amount of times I saw Leon, it have yeah. been him. So if you, him. if you that. go
2: through the shift chart, you'll see like triple shifting right here. He played
1: twenty five minutes.
2: It's insane, and and then you go and you look at the wingers that he's playing with. It's it's not good. Like you'll go down to Adam Earn. I don't know if we could
3: I think it's Ernie it. Ernie
2: Ernie yeah, yeah. It's, okay um I'm I know <laughs> you wouldn't
3: look at that and be like that's Ernie no but it's Ernie
2: and you'll see how many times they're on the ice together uh, 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 oh he almost brought up seaweed man there you go we need to see him <laughs> so you'll match it up and it's you'll be like worst. okay why is Leon dry triple shifting with everybody throughout the lineup so he's always on he can't establish a winger and he's doing his best but when he's paired up with Yanmark and, and Kane doesn't have it going and you have Connor Brown who's struggling to get back Back into the group after missing a year of hockey, I don't understand who, what forward there is going to help this roster outside well, of Leon Side.
3: Can I stick up for Connor Brown for a second? Because he's taken some heat, and like I understand it, and the Oilers organization. I think when you sign a guy like Connor Brown, you do it with the understanding that he's not going to be great
1: right away. Well, and I think the expectation was he they were expecting that. Well, they put him on the first line, and like I think, like listen. You, if you want to
3: give him the easiest job possible, I guess you put him with the best player in the world, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> you try to get him going. But when he falters, at the end of the day, like this is a guy who didn't play hockey last year.
1: Yes. Well, and and. And that's the thing: is that if you're Ken Holland from the outside looking in, it makes sense. I was just mm. pointing my computer screen so Jesse can bring something. Oh, okay. Don't worry about I couldn't it. tell who. You're um, going to. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to, and and it made sense to make this signing because it's a good depth player who has in the past scored 20 goals. Why wouldn't you take a chance on Connor Brown? Yes. Yeah. So, but the problem is a contract like Connor Brown's and a few others on this team. I'm not going to single him out as like a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is is something that Jesse touched on very briefly, and the reporters in Edmonton um, uh, are all over this, by the way. Uh, And we're going to play a couple clips from the press conference with Jay Woodcroft last night. But this one uh, has to do with the 20-man roster construction. Mm -hmm. And essentially, can you hold players... Uh, accountable when you can't sit them. And, and one, one quickly thing I just want to say to Oilers Media and staff, well done because you actually mic the reporters for press conferences. Thank oh. you so much. <laughs> uh, this clip ends at 6.30. Jesse, go ahead.
3: Foster, okay. when it comes to holding you know, players accountable and, and doing normal things. You know, coach's currency is ice time. we got only 20 guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about that that juxtaposition.
4: Um as i said this morning i worry about getting the most out of those 20 guys and you know we've won games shorthanded before the bottom line is we're not We're not playing to our capability right now. And is there ways that we can hold people accountable with ice time? Um, Yeah, there are. We can remove special teams or privileged ice time, offensive zone starts, those type of things. As I said this morning, for me, my concern and where I put my attention is on the 20 people that are before me. I don't worry about what I don't have. I try and focus on what we do have and try and get the most out of them. And we can get more. We can get more um, because we're not yet playing to our full capability. Okay, so let's pause it there. So
1: what he doesn't say there is yes, (laughs) but he says it, but he doesn't say it.
3: Yeah, that was an extremely, that's an extremely good uh, answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, he handles
1: them well. You could tell the reporters like him.
3: Yeah, he's yeah. he's
1: built for that
2: market. You know, it's a tough market to be a head coach in, and Jay Woodcroft seems to be handling it very well.
3: The the only thing I'll say, uh, and Maddie, if you can put him back on the screen, uh, the only thing I'll say, like, even though his answer was composed, look at that tie. It's That's a
1: tight a- tie. Holy <laughs> shit. We,
3: we gotta- the, even though
1: he might not say it, like his words, his words don't betray him, but it's like, it's, it's like the Looney Tunes, where they pull the tights so, so high or that the tie so high that their head explodes. Yeah. yeah it turns purple. Yeah. Someone um,
2: needs to teach him how to do a Windsor knot. Like,
1: yes, like, it's something, like, uh, something nice and thick. Yeah. My, my dad would have a, a fit if he saw me with a tie like that. Oh, yeah. was anal about that.
3: Man. Stuff. Oh, man. As someone who doesn't, I'm just saying, I don't know how to tie a tie. And usually when I try, it looks like that.
1: Um, Jay Woodcroft I watched the whole press conference about 10 minutes long Jay Woodcroft said at least three times during that post game that uh, that the only way through this is to come together uh. now uh, one of the things that's under the microscope and last night I don't think it was that bad but it has been horrible uh, is the Jay, <laughs> the Jay Woodcroft defensive system uh, now they question it a little bit so I'm gonna I, Jesse I sent you a second clip it'll end at 8.05 and and Essentially, they're going to address it without addressing it. There was a lot of questions about McDavid and the Heritage Classic, as you would expect. But this is one of the ones that slipped in there. And he also defended it before the game. We'll get to that quote next. I just think this defensive system is really relevant to the Oilers right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: There's been a lot of focus on the defense, especially lately. Um, Zach Hyman said, hey there's no very few problems defensively tonight we didn't score does it feel a little
1: right, right now like whack-a-mole where you get one thing figured out and it's on to the next and there's just a myriad of problems like that can't quite all get fixed
4: um, I don't look at it like that you might look at it look at it like that I look at it like um, the team is trying to develop some solutions here uh, we are in the mud puddle we are um but our way forward is to work together uh to find a way. And I think you find a way to to get two points and then you build off of that.
3: Just like Yeah, I mean we we do see this. Um where a team, I mean implements a new system that well not just that, like they have the defensive capabilities of a wet napkin. Mm-hmm. And then they go, Okay, we're gonna figure this out by hoping the goals come and just tightening up a bit. Yep. And like you could kind of, what, what were the shots, Jesse? You, you, were, you were saying? Adam that? had them.
1: Uh, oh, uh, had I can pull them
3: up. Hang on. Uh, I
2: know they started the game 6-1 in yeah. favor of the Rangers so, and then they ended about 10-5 in the first.
1: 10-5, 18-13, and then the Oilers came back and, you know, score effects, but yeah. uh, 11-4 in the third So the Oilers.
3: Y- you kind of see it, right? So they start not so good. They tighten it up. Uh, at the expense of, uh, their offense. So after it was six, one shots are basically even mm-hmm. tighten up second period. It opens up it's the shots. I think you said were 1813. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when the
1: Rangers started. they playing. tried
3: to generate a little offense and they just weren't able to, they're not able to connect the two pieces. Maybe next game they do. The Heritage Classic isn't their next game, is it? I'm
1: pretty sure it is. It's oh, funny. for the love of God! So here's here's the thing, and I want to add to that. So tough the defensive system thing, guys. And this is I really wanted to get your thoughts on. That. I've been I've been buzzing to get your thoughts on the Oilers this morning. Um, so before the game, and it was after. This is actually after their previous game. All right. Um, they asked Jay Woodcroft about this, and he said, "I think you guys in the media call it a zone defense, like." The way the new system he's like I would say it was popularized by a team that had the best record in the NHL last year in Boston. So there's a lot of similarities there. I think through the first five games we gave up one defensive zone goal last night. It wasn't good enough. Part of that's on us and part of that's uh, on the other team that did some unique things uh, some good things that their top players found a way to break our system. And what he means is the goals aren't he thinks the goals are not necessarily happening in the defensive zone. They're coming off the rush. They're coming in whatever. My point in this is, what's the team he references there?
3: The Boston Bruins.
1: And what do they have on their blue line?
3: Uh, g-
1: Good players. <laughs> Good players. I think there's a skill discrepancy. Yeah. And when you have a system like that, like I understand the system and the system can work. Mm-hmm. But do you have the personnel?
2: Yeah, it's easier for lesser teams to play man to man because it's simple. You know, it's, you, you grab your man. Once you once you enter the D zone, you, you grab the guy that you're supposed to have and you stand next to him and you guard him. You know, it's kind of it's the same way like basketball works. And the zone defense, and they're not playing. I, I think he's trying to push back on the zone thing just to like galaxy brain it because they're not exactly playing a zone. They're trying to play the hybrid zone that Vegas won the Stanley Cup with where, hey, we have a zone, but if it kind of breaks down the corners, you can grab man's and then go back to your zone defense. So But, those are, but that requires confidence. But
3: all those guys are killers. Yeah, like the
2: Vegas Golden Knights, and they were able to do this. And Florida played man to man all the way to Stanley Cup final. Like that was their that was yeah. their D uh, scheme. Also
1: so, killers. Also great players who can handle but, that. But if you're and the Oilers, I get it. Sorry, Jesse, I don't mean to interrupt. If you're the Oilers, though, guys, coming into this season, would you not look at yourselves and go, "We're killers too"? They don't play like it. Um, like Bouchard is
3: big for what? Uh, nurse, well, for a lot of points, nurse is big. I think injuries have severely limited what he's able to do. We know Ekholm is playing less than 100%. Let's say CC is big for what? Mm-hmm. Um, I is Kulak hurt. I know Deharnay is, is big, but no, Kulak he, was out there. Kind Of
1: limited, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, but I mean, like playing, they got all oh, playing a little hurt. I, I, I feel like didn't he miss like preseason games or something?
1: CC, Dayarnay, Broberg, uh, Darnell Nurse, um, Eckholm, mm-hmm. Kulak. Eckholm's not playing like Eckholm, like the no, Eckholm
2: that was there last season. Like, since he's been back from missing like the first game or two, like he's looked a little slow,
3: but like, uh, the the Bouchard stuff that you highlighted in one of their previous games, can't remember which. Like, I mean. When I say big for what, I mean, you know, okay, fine, you're big. If you're not going to use it, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has no effect on the game if you're not going to use it. So I I think there's an effort thing there. But uh, a lot of these guys, I think, are kind of limited skaters, to be honest. Um, uh, we were, we were sort of off-camera talking about uh, Nurse having, like, a bit of a Carlson thing mm-hmm. where you see him skate uh, just up and down the ice and you're like oh my god this guy skates like the friggin wind you ask him to do much else Mm
0: -mm. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -mm. it's not it's not happening
2: not like these guys haven't been playing hockey their whole life they know how to run a a new system in a zone and adapt to different things it's just about doing it at the nhl level as good as the boston bruins and vegas golden knights and if these collection of guys can't do that i'm they understand it they're just not capable
3: I I do I do think the Oilers will figure it out, but I'm also kind of coming to grips with I think I've overestimated um, what their decor is capable of,
2: and all of this I think should fall on Ken Holland.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, dude, you're not you're not wrong, but like also, I he looked like a genius with the Ekholm pickup last year. It it was a it's a fantastic move, and it was exactly what they needed. And like the fact they were able to get uh, Nashville to retain. Crazy. Like How? it's so like for as many years as they did. And like, I really did think they were cup contenders, man.
1: So like well, they I, still are. I mean, guys, remember, we are not at game 10 yet. So, no. so I would never take the Oilers out of the conversation this early. Right. But as you keep saying, yes, there's 82 games, but midseason does come quick. It comes early. Even though there's 82 games. There's yeah.
3: so many games. There's
1: a lot of games. And listen, we got to break it down as we see it. We could be having this conversation in January. The Oilers have won 20 straight. Would anybody be surprised? Well, this happens every year. Every, every year, there's one team where
3: I go, ah, they're going to be fine. And then after a while, you go, Ooh. And then uh, about American Thanksgiving, you're like, "Oh, so I was just wrong."
1: Well, I think a couple of years ago you picked the Canucks, and was like, oh, the Canucks!
3: Holy shit, they always have the talent. They were horrible. Look at the Flames; they have that the was talent. The Travis Green, thing. Canucks. Yes. Oh,
1: they were terrible. Um, guys, I want to give you a little trivia. I want to do a little trivia with you, okay? Okay. Now, first off, before we start this, I'm going to start with a disclaimer. Jesse, Steve, how much, how much do we put into plus minus as a stat? Uh, not a ton. Okay, but if it's really bad. You and you can say, okay, things aren't going well, right? If uh. someone is like minus 20
3: after seven games or something. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. How about this for a stat? Mm-hmm. Not a single player on the Edmonton Oilers is plus anything. No Oh, way. wow. Not one. Not even uh, like Connor. Nobody. Leon. Nobody. Wow. There uh, are two players that are even. Mm-hmm. Name them. It's going to be someone... You wouldn't expect. Okay, Brett Kulak.
3: <laughs> okay, who are, who are your two players? My my players are Brett Kulak and Adam Ernie.
1: Okay, Jesse. I w- I'll go with Yanmark and Brown. Uh, you're <laughs> going to love this. Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, oh, see, we were trying to do it. Yeah, the, you're trying to galaxy yeah, brain it. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> and Cody Cece. Ah! Now, there, you go. there are two people on this team who are a team worst negative eight in is it seven games seven games who are the two players that are the team worst negative eight in seven games both of them have played seven games by the way darnell nurse is one of my picks
3: darnell nurse evan bouchard
0: yeah
1: you're both right about evan bouchard Ah. okay the other guy evander kane Ooh! oh wow that's bad Yeah. yeah now again it's not a like it, It's not a stat that says anything, but it does. It does reinforce if things are going bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Even your plus minus is bad, right? Like it's it's so it's like listen. I think you tolerate. Uh, you
3: don't love, but you tolerate uh, minus eight, ten points, right? Because you're like, well, they're getting it done in the power play or something. But like, what's he got? Three.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. Oh, uh, 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 Kane. Yeah. Yeah. One goal, two assists. Oh, good Lord. Not good. I was guessing. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, man. You're right. Um, and uh, here's the thing. Uh, things are not much better three hours down the road with the <gasps> Calgary Flames, who got booed after the first goal was allowed. They also got booed at the end of the game. Thank As I you. told you before, the top line has 11 points in eight games. And Nikita Zadorov, Zdor- after the game said, I don't blame them. I would boo us too.
3: Okay. <laughs> Can I just say, he? okay, he said it. That's great. That's enough. Like, as a fan, oh, as, as, like someone who covers this, oh, Nikita, please, yeah, keep, keep talking, keep it up. No, this is great. But if I'm in the Flames organization, I'm like, all right, shut up. <laughs> because after the previous game, he was talking about like, oh, we're not playing together; we're playing as a bunch of individuals. Now he's like apologizing to the fans. Uh, okay, okay, you said you said it. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough, man. We're trying to fucking figure this out, dude. Now maybe. It distracts from the. Top he said we're line. playing
1: like shit right now. It's tough to watch.
3: I mean, those I, I I pointed this out years and years ago on the podcast. Those Russians don't know subtext. Yeah, yeah. But Russian hockey players are just. Blunt, and they go. Here's what's going on. Yeah, they they don't tiptoe around anything. I like just like playing like shit.
1: Jesse, do you have this shift chart for the Calgary Flames as well? I can get it. Yeah, I think if my stats are correct here, Zadorov played over 22 minutes last night, and I like Nikita Zadorov, but should he be playing that many minutes on
3: a team with that much talent?
1: 22 19 Zadorov played. Like defensive talent. They've got great players. Like they were talking
3: about they were talking about Mackenzie Wieger being the next captain.
2: Yeah. One of the one of the stats I forget. I think it was in the I think it was just on Twitter or something um, that I saw out of the first line that you keep referencing that hasn't scored. Last night, the three of them combined for one shot on goal. Oh, my God. (laughs) Nazem Kadri had one shot on goal and that was it. O had nothing and Lindholm had nothing.
3: That's the top line. Yeah. And they got one shot. Yeah,
1: It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, Ryan Huska said, you haven't questioned our work ethic to this point, but tonight that's a different story, so that's not acceptable. So it's not... And you saw the body language from Nazem Qadri guys, right? Like he's slamming his stick on the bench when he didn't get the penalty call. At the end of the game, he's looking up at the... Like he's frustrated. I don't he's, blame him.
3: He's always needed... And, and I feel like the Flames might lack this. Naz has always needed... Someone to give him a shake every now and mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he doesn't have a fire. Uh, not that he doesn't try. Just like, nice. Like, focus, dude. Yep. And I think he had that in Colorado. Like, if you need someone to give you a shake, uh, Nathan McKinnon will beat you to it. Like, mm. he'll, uh, oh, yeah. he'll know it before you do. Mm. <laughs> and look at that. He played uh, the best hockey of his career and has immediately fallen off a cliff. Like, well, we all knew that flirting with 100 points was... Probably not regular. Probably not regular, but like, I don't know, 70? 80? For that,
1: for that amount of money? What you, 70, yeah. 75, what do, you, what do you see from looking at the shift chart, Jesse? Is there anything?
2: <laughs> no, there? I was just taking was taking. A look. I think it's interesting that they've decided to pair up a Kadri and Lindholm and Heberdo and that, how that experiment hasn't really worked. <laughs> Lindholm <laughs> should far. be the
1: finisher on that line.
2: Am I wrong? should be nobody's it's been, yeah. nobody's
3: cadre uh, too
2: nobody's you know? finishing nobody's shooting yeah nobody nobody's shooting like that's a that's a huge red flag to me
1: now if mm. you were to mm, mm, look mm. at their career averages all of them and i don't know what their save percentages are offhand it's not great but their career save percentages or sorry shooting percentages excuse me for those three guys oh. are pretty good right i would say 12 to 15 percent at least for N- all of them
3: naz had the one really really bad year <laughs> and yeah dropped. other than that it's been
1: normal You'd have to think that eventually this regresses in a positive way.
3: Sometimes it doesn't. and
1: For an this, entire season.
3: This is the concern that we flagged with the Flames in the offseason uh, about the age. It, and and like, I'm not saying they're all old. None of those guys are old. Um, but, you know, it's age plus contract, though, isn't it? Well, it's country. age plus contract, but also the regression doesn't have to come. Okay, I, I I almost I feel like regression benefits younger players because they get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like what are if you're a career I don't know eleven uh, shooting percentage guy and you're shooting six, I don't think it's a given that you're just going to return to eleven. You know what I mean? Like as you well, get older,
1: sports, yeah, you can just fall off and fall off.
3: Well, and even if you do regress. You know, it goes back to like, I don't know, nine. And, but, but there's a difference there. There's a, there's a difference there. And this, I, I think the most concerning thing about the Calgary Flames, like with, with the Edmonton Oilers, you look at them and you see a really strong team that doesn't have it figured out right now. And most of us have confidence that they will.
1: Why is that though? Why do we, why do we have confidence that the Oilers will? Because
3: they have super duper ridiculous superstars.
1: And because they did it.
3: And because they did it,
1: right? Yes. They did it last year.
3: They made it to the final four. They, then the next year they gave Vegas their best challenge on route to a Stanley cup. And as soon as their end of season press conferences happened, they all had a fire in their eyes and a confidence in their words that made you think, yeah, these guys are going to go for a cup. The, the what about the flames? The flames. flames meanwhile, Pouton, um, upset horrible vibes and we all said it's the coach Mm -hmm. it's it's the coach Mm -hmm. and as soon as they get rid of the coach everything's going to be fine they they had a a coach that made them feel terrible about themselves they had a goalie who you know couldn't stop water from falling into the ocean and that goalie is typically not that bad the vibes are typically not that bad you get a new coach everything's going to be fine it's not just that calgary is struggling it's that they're struggling. With the same shit. Everyone's sad. Puck's not going in unless it's in their end. Nothing, no problem the Calgary Flames had last year has fixed itself. It's a problem.
2: I was a lot lower on the flames in our previews than you guys. And a lot of that was because I was like, they haven't done it and there's no evidence that they can do it. It, But last year, if they get a couple saves, saves there in the playoffs, but it still wasn't like everybody was below their offensive expectations as well. And they still have not shown us that they can do it. This collect the guys that, uh true living put together after everybody wanted out of calgary and the new guys he got to replace the chemistry hasn't been there at all
3: and it's it, with alberta it's just two coaches trying shit mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying shit throwing guys on random lines like i understand loading up with huberto cadry uh linholm is probably not the best way to deploy those guys cadre no, has got one assist on the year Oh, zero whoa. goals like how long how long do, do we get into
1: November before Nazim Kadri scores a goal like it's that's looking, insane it's looking an awful light like that it's October 27th yeah and
2: if, if I told you, you that one game the, left to do it if I told you in the preseason Kadri's gonna have one point going into November you're like that's a disaster
3: and uh, yeah so they have some yeah. like really young players like Matt Coronado I, I think the world of uh, Peltier is obviously hurt but you don't want this this feeling infecting those guys they
1: they need a they need a, a shake can very I, fast can i ask you guys a question you remember the i leafs mean yeah in 1819 and then 1920 okay the leafs in 1819 and
3: 1920
1: so Leafs in 1819 i believe was that not the nylander holdout year that was the Tavares signing and the nylander held mm-hmm. out until mm. december
3: i th- mm, i think you're right
1: yeah so the vibes for you know the, the vibes for Tavares was great, but then when Nylander held out it became all we could talk about, right? It was like it was like, man, it was so and then he came back and he wasn't great.
3: And he came back and, and had seven goals.
1: And then um and then the Leafs lose to Boston again in a game they should have never lost, in a series they should have never lost, they should have beat the Bruins, right? Mm-hmm. And game five, for whatever reason, saves Mike Babcock's job. They go into the next year, he lasts 20 games, and the vibes are terrible. They bring in Tyson Barry, he's not a fit. Uh, Babs isn't playing the guys that Dubas wants, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to be, it, there's not a direct comparison here.
3: That team had one good month all year.
1: <laughs> but the vibes for the Leafs that year that Babcock was fired and Keith was brought in, exactly, had one good month. And then, of course, COVID hit. But, I mean, going into COVID, this was a team that was about to sign Zach Bogosian and make some trades at the trade deadline, and then they lost to David Ayers, and Kyle Dubas said, I'm not going to do anything.
3: No, they rode uh, a Vibes heater um, after Babcock was fired. They went something like 12-4, and Mm -hmm. and then they went right back to being mid-garbage, and they were in the hunt for a playoff spot because they had a hot month. The Leafs might have missed. Like, uh, they ended up playing the 8-9 series against the Blue Jackets, but had nothing happened <laughs> and they got to play it. there were 12 games left. There was no guarantee that they were going to make it.
1: Well, and people yep. people always like to talk about that Blue Jackets series. Like, oh, the Blue Jackets got lucky. No, I don't think the least were that good. Not bad. at all. No, they were the same level in the standings. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the team
3: that was up 3 nothing with three and a half minutes to go. Uh, and A
1: miracle comeback. Miracle, miracle comeback.
3: Yeah, they're the ones who got lucky? That series should have been over in four. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know. So I, I, I think I understand where you're going with the comparison. Uh, it's a team that, all right, will fire the coach, and it didn't solve their fundamental issues.
1: Which for the Leafs, it didn't either.
3: Right. Mm.
1: And I don't think I don't even think the next year with the Leafs winning the Canadian division or whatever they called it in oh. the COVID year. I don't think their fundamental issues were solved even that year. I think it took till. No, it was obvious. It, I think it took till last year to a lot of the fundamental problems started to iron themselves out, and they uh, they actually took a step forward.
3: Twenty one, twenty two.
1: Yeah, the goaltending thing sorted itself out yeah, too, a little bit. And then last year, last year was good. Last year was
3: really good. It was just, you know, <laughs> there was no point even trying to go for the so, president's but, trophy because of
1: Boston. But what's on the line here for the Flames guys is not. Um, it's not the it's not just this season. It's some of these players. You know, Backlund Oh, well, they're legacies. Well, yeah. but also they're gone. They're gonna go. Hannifin what they've do you made do? progress on the Hannafin contract, but he they look at do you think Hannafin wants to sign up long term right
3: now? Well, so what I don't understand is the Flames going, uh, yes, let's keep the band together. Like so they have supposedly made progress, you know, Backlund just signed, but they've made progress with Hannafin. Mm-hmm. They still don't have a deal for Lindholm, right? No. No. So he's spending money right now.
1: Yeah, because he's making f- yeah,
2: 4.8. Somebody's out there is going to give him money.
1: Someone out there is going to give him money, but... Yeah, a 29-year-old center next year going into free agency, he's yeah. going to get paid.
3: Yeah, but at the end of the day, like you, know, you play poorly, your number goes down.
2: I don't know what the Flames do if this collection of players don't get it going together. Huberto well, signed till forever, Kadri signed till forever. You have Blake Coleman signed for four years, Mackenzie Weaker signed forever. Like what do you do if this collection and, doesn't work?
1: And listen to this D. Hanifin, Tanev, Zdorov, Osterley, uh Soloyov, uh, they're all gone next year if you can't resign them. Not that some of those names are huge, but still. At the end and of the Edith day,
3: Gilbert. at the at the end of the day, uh Jonathan Huberto is one of the highest paid wingers in the league. It makes ten and a half million dollars. You know, we, we had that conversation Uh, last show about the Leafs big four and like if all four are going they're like impossible to beat if three of them are going they have a really good chance of winning if it's only two it's kind of 50 50 Uh, if you if you have a player making double digits on any team in this league and they're not going your team can't win your team can't win
2: what if they haven't got going for a year and now eight games
3: right (laughs) This is, oh, you know, we don't practice the power play and, you know, that whole controversy. And now it's still not working. It's really concerning. Mm -hmm. Really concerning. Uh, If I'm the Flames, if I'm Craig Conroy, I'm calling everybody. And if I'm everybody, I'm giving Craig Conroy shitty offers because he's the one who needs me. Mm -hmm. It's a really tough position. So, uh, you know, I understand the notion, yeah, we got to figure it out on our own. How long... Are you willing to do
1: that? Well, okay. So I'm going to ask you guys both this question. And this is how I want to wrap the Alberta segment. Actually, I have two questions. Number one, branding on the Heritage Classic. Should they change it to the Race to the Bottom Classic?
3: Hmm. No, because, I mean, someone's going to (laughs) win.
1: But if it's Edmonton, then they're locked. They are locked even.
3: Okay, what is the (laughs) over-under
1: on the amount of joking
3: Macklin Celebrini jerseys in the crowd? No idea. Do you know who that is? No, man? I have no idea. He's, he's supposed to be the first overall pick this year. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he's got the... that's Man, the Oilers are going to get that. That is such a... <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. They'd win it. And then they're going to they, get Taylor Hall. Back. Yeah,
1: 100%. Oh,
2: damn. <laughs> well, <they get> Taylor <laughs> Hall back.
1: They're going to get him back. They're going to bring Yakupov back from Russia. It's going to be great. Oh, get the first, get first rounders back. together. Um, uh, sorry, the first overalls Get The second one, and this is the more relevant question. Okay, you're Ken Holland. And you're Craig Conroy in, in this situation. Specifically, Jesse, because he's managed teams before, Steve. Yeah, and you say, high five. We both GM in Alberta. Yeah. 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 How many games <laughs> do you give this team that you're managing? You're, you're, you're both Conroy and Holland in this situation. How much time do you give your respective teams before you go, we might be in trouble? Ooh, the Oilers sorry. have to have a longer leash, right? Right. Oilers have to have a longer leash.
3: At the end of the day, you go, uh, you know, we have McDavid. Miracles happen. Um, They were able to pull a rabbit out of their hat a few years ago Mm -hmm. when they looked dead. They looked dead, and they were able to make a run of it um, when Jay Woodcroft came on board. Um, Yeah,
1: the tippet year. Oh, my God.
3: Calgary Flames, you're just, it's a really interesting combination of new and guys who have been there forever. The GM has been there forever. He was hired by uh, Brad Trilliving to be his assistant in 2014. And Trilliving was there forever. And Trilliving was there forever. The coach just got there in Huska. So to me, uh, if the Flames realize, uh-oh, we've overestimated this group and we need to make a change, it's got to be on the roster. Oilers could, ugh, they could make a coaching change and... Hope that it wakes up their stars and, you know, maybe Ken Holland is outstate as welcome. Calgary Flames, like, I don't know how you expect to make this team better without making a trade.
2: You said the coaching was the problem last year. So, hey, guys, we got you a new coach. Fix the problem. Right. Oops,
3: <laughs> it's the exact same. Actually, it's worse. They were in the playoff hunt last yeah. year at very least. Last year, it was
2: 100% on Markstrom and everybody being unhappy. And now it's the team is also bad. Yeah. on top of all of those things.
3: And and your solution to this problem is to keep the band together? I, mean, I don't, Yeah, like this is, um,
1: man, yeah. Craig Conroy's got to be working those phones. Dryden Hunt's going to get him out of it, though, right? I, he must. I was texting Steve. I'm like, man, the only reason I knew Dryden Hunt's name or that it came up was because he gave away the puck on the second goal, I think, last night for the Flames. It was like oh. a bad giveaway. And then I texted Steve. I'm like... Dryden Hunt played for the Leafs, right? And then Steve was able to tell me that he was part of the Malgun deal. It was and no, they traded him for Zahorov. Zahorna. Zahorna. Radom
3: Zahorna. Zahorny for Zahorna. <laughs> he scored a goal as a Leaf. I don't know about. if Dryden Hunt did. Zahorna did.
1: Um, okay. So uh, the Heritage Classic will be very, very interesting. Today's video and audio, sponsored by SeatGeek on the STP. Show? Uh, with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. Jesse, Steve, what's the next event you're going to?
3: Ooh, the next event? Uh, um, Let me guess, it's the Wiggles hockey, Live. hockey game in Sweden. Oh! No, no. The Wiggles actually wow. uh, recently came to Oshawa. We missed them. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, Jesse, what, what about you? <laughs> uh, probably a
2: Leafs game. Or maybe. Raptors game because tickets are probably a little cheaper because they're probably not going to be as good this year.
1: Yeah, so this here's the thing. <laughs> SeatGeek Geek uh, puts all the tickets across the web in one place. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10. So if you look for the green dots, green means good, red means bad. Um, and every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee and at SeatGeek, the which is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps, which is kind of neat. Wow. Ooh, yeah. So kind of cool. Uh, all you, so basically, you guys, um, um, I, I came through for you here, okay, for your next event. <laughs> you I, personally, me, me, Adam Wild. You get seats in his suite. Use my code, SDP, <laughs> not yours. Wow. Not yours. My code. Your code, SDP. 20 bucks off tickets at SeatGeek, that's $20 off your first purchase with the promo code, my promo code, SDP, but not Steve and Jesse's promo code. Stands
3: for super duper person.
1: And make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. This show is brought to you by, in part, BetterHelp. Uh, now, BetterHelp is one of those places that you can go. There are many places you can go to find online therapy, but BetterHelp's one of the, the interesting ones because you get matched with somebody very quickly. Usually when you make the decision, okay, I think I need some help this, um, yeah. you're, uh, uh, you're already at a point where you're probably past you need it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's sort of it's like, like water. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thirsty, <laughs> you're, if you're already thirsty. <laughs> you're already dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little like that. It like it, it, uh, for, for people that haven't tried it before, I always find that it like takes them. It, it has to go. It has to be really bad for them to try it. And the truth is life doesn't need to be that bad for you to try something like this. And for you to see massive benefits. Mm -hmm. We're talking about solving problems and creating boundaries with your family and friends. We're talking about how to manage your day, something that I kind of struggle with and therapy actually helped with was how to manage a schedule because I was terrible and late to everything and still mostly late to things, but sometimes on time.
3: Why are you looking at me like
1: that? No, 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 it's me. <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> looking at you at like it, that. I, I, I was, you were looking I was, at me like stuff. that. <laughs> uh, it, it also helps with not taking things personally that aren't meant to be. So here's what we want Sounds you to like do. Sounds like the two of you should <laughs> have a joint code, you know? maybe <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> Both of you get on this. We're just going to get better help here and, and get a therapist together. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to have to get in one of those dust cloud fights from the Looney Tunes. Uh, so here's what it is. BetterHelp helps you with your brain and it'll help you regulate things and help you learn a little bit about yourself too. You can do it over text. You can do it on voice call. You could do it on uh, phone call, whatever you're more comfortable with. And if you don't love your therapist, if you're not connecting, it's okay. They can match you with somebody new pretty quickly because you got to vibe with that person. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash SDP today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash SDP. Uh, Shane Pinto, 41 games. Now, when the initial uh, rumors started to come out, I think, you know, Dregs and, and Frege and CJ and everybody had... LeBron. Sort of, LeBron had tweets and... Saravali. Uh, yeah, they all did. The, the, the insider was like, <laughs> you know? Insider war going yeah. on on <laughs> um, they were uh, They were all said, something's coming, something's coming. And then, of course, it came out. Go listen to the CJ show about this.
3: Yeah, they were great about it. Yeah.
1: Um, and CJ's writing an article for The Athletic today about it, too, that goes into even more detail. I was talking to him on the way here, so definitely read that. He's writing it as we talk, but it'll be out tonight, I think. Okay. So, um, but, but no one
3: is better after something happens. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, There's always a race to be first. CJ is the best storyteller.
1: To be honest with you, being first doesn't fucking matter to anybody but the person who was first no. on that. It's about who can break it down. That's why I love CJ. No, they're, so,
3: they're, we figured that out over time.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, um, Shane Pinto, 41 games. The NHL says it's, it, he was suspended for betting irregularities um, and that he had not bet. And this is really key, guys. Um, he did not bet on, on hockey games. So what it turns out, it seems to have happened, is that somebody had access to his account and were making proxy bets on behalf of potentially other people. Uh, on his account, so for example,
3: using his credit card, I have an account. Mm-hmm. Maddie goes on my account and makes bets on my behalf. Yes,
2: which is even just starting somebody else signing into your account. That is also against the rules. You can't do that. And then he went like a step further, and it seemed like the dude who had his
1: account was also making other bets onto the account. Yes, and be yeah. and bets <laughs> on behalf of other people. Yeah, that's that's the rumor. So. The, the weird thing about it is they can flag this because if, you, if you're an NHL player and the betting organization uh, is an official partner, then they monitor you. And when they flag suspicious activity on your account, they immediately turn it over to the NHL.
2: It's so silly because like all of these guys have very public profiles, and you know where they are at all moments. Like Champion's you got a game in in Florida today, and the, uh, there's a the betting app, and you said you placed a bet in New York. Well, like, and, the, and his, his
3: account, is so obvious. His account
1: is in New York, right? It's in and during when he was playing, apparently these bets were happening. <laughs> so, that's how they well, figured like it while out. he was on the ice. Yeah, it's just it's oh not dude, smart. it's because, not smart. And people are like, wait a second, how did they know? that uh he he's not been under contract this year that's because this investigation has been going on for four months they were thorough i i gotta say like i know this isn't the most important part of the story
3: um if you're a player how do you not look at how the ottawa senators handle this and not think wow they really have their shit together like, mm-hmm. they kept this under wraps. We were skewering the team and Pierre Dorian and mismanaging the cap. And there was a method to the madness the whole time, and he just took it.
1: Actually, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out a flaw in that. Oh, yeah? The Senators didn't find out till a few weeks ago. Oh. But for those few weeks, they did keep it under they wraps. They did keep it under yeah. wraps. But the contract offers and the training camp, we want to make this offer, whatever, all that happened. The Ottawa Senators, when they found out, rescinded every offer they'd made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, But they also didn't try and do anything underhanded to Shane
2: Pinto in the meantime. And when it all came to light yesterday, they were very appreciative of Shane Pinto and how he handled it and welcomed him back to the organization once he's able to play again. Yeah. I, I I thought how you thought in that right. the Ottawa Senators came out very good at the other end of this and how they handled it with a player. And if I'm a player in the NHL, I look at this that say, oh,
1: they're they got a good crew over there. Hmm. Now, this is not a suspension in a traditional way. This is a settlement, guys. And this is really important that you understand the difference. The reason that this suspension is retroactive to the start of the season is because all parties in here, including the PA, the player, the team, and NHL head office, agreed on this as the right outcome, and they've all signed non-disclosures. That's what a settlement is. Interesting. So you'll never know what actually happened, although we kind of know what happened. You'll never hear it from them. This is what happened. And the reason why it's so many, there's a lot of people giving you, you know the gotcha, gotcha moments on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, you know, you kind of roll your eyes. What the NHL is doing here, A, when I tweeted this yesterday and I meant it, they didn't give you all the details because it doesn't suit them, right? They don't want you to give, but they're sending a message to the players that you have to be extremely careful with gambling and betting. We can't have a single problem with your betting accounts. There's nothing wrong with gambling. There's nothing wrong with betting on sports outside of your own. Nothing wrong with it. See, isn't that what he did? He didn't make the he bets didn't though He bet anything He didn't make the bets He allowed someone to use his
2: account Which you can't do
3: So yeah, Jesse yeah, I think it was you Yesterday We were t- uh, talking about <clears throat> There was an NFL player mm-hmm. Who lost like 10 million bucks Over a 7 Calvin Ridley
2: yeah. So Man. what
3: happened there? That, he bet on that. Uh, yeah. yeah
2: and he lost uh, Tens of millions of dollars
3: Oh, but in the NFL, they are allowed to bet on sports that aren't, of course, yes, you're, but the
2: NFL, so one of the, the big gripes with that everybody should have with the NHL is these rules are so vague so that Gary can make any decision he wants. That's right. The NHL's gambling policy is just, hey, don't break any gambling rules else we can suspend you. And that's it. So they just say, hey, if you break any rules, we can do whatever we want. The NFL on the other end has very distinct, if you do this, this happens. You can't bet at a facility. You can't bet on, on basketball or NHL or European uh, soccer at an NFL facility, else you get this exact amount of games. And they can track all that and do all of that. Mm-hmm. The NHL's policy is just so vague. So Gary can, if somebody slips up, make whatever statement he wants at whatever point and just give people whatever blank punishment he decides at the moment. And the NHL should, re- <laughs> if they were a real league, they would have distinct punishments for actions, but they don't.
3: Well, I and, mean, <laughs> this is... It wouldn't it be a little lawyeries to make it vague so that of course it, yeah. that's so exactly his that, that, point. Yeah, that's the his yeah okay is, that
1: is what you're saying the, the problem <laughs> that we have here is the NHL does this all the time and frankly um, I I don't actually think so so first off Pinto broke his user agreement with whatever betting company he was working with you are not allowed. To have anybody else know your password, log into your account. It's in the terms and conditions, which nobody reads. But <laughs> you and me and Jesse, we all have betting accounts with different, you know, outlets or whatever. If I were to log on to say, uh, well, it doesn't matter. Okay. If, I, if I log into an account or Steve logs onto my account, I'm I'm now in. I'm now breaking the rules. So like, in, so I cannot log on. I can't have your password. I cannot log on to your and account.
3: And it's to, <clears throat> it's to prevent something like, I, okay, I have an account. There's $1,000 on it. Adam has the password. You log on. You have. I a, bet a
1: million dollars. Yeah, you have a really hot hand
3: in roulette and you make 25. I go in there. I take the whole thing. Why not? It's my account. And then
1: there's some sort of big dispute. Well, with it's you also. And then, but, but Steve, it's also if I bet a million of your dollars or and that. lose it.
3: Oh yeah. Well, then there's the opposite <laughs> end of it. Yeah. I have a million dollars yeah. in there. And yeah, which also, what
2: you can't
1: do on sportsbooks. They're never going to let you. Bet. No, it's all go against
2: the law for somebody else to go place the bet with your money on the account. Like I, right. if if like gambling is legal in 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 Ontario and I'm placing bets for somebody in Nebraska where it's not legal I'm doing it for them that's uh, that's illegal like that so, is an illegal activity so
3: I thought this was a matter of he did something that was legal no. but his uh it breached his contract but it's it sounds like he did something that breached his contract and was also illegal.
2: Yeah, the what he did is against the sportsbooks rules. Like okay. you, you're not yeah. allowed to have somebody else log into your account and place bets with your
1: your account. That's against the rules. Right. That's why. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, I think I think that's part of and it's not an exact similarity, but the Rick Tockett situation years ago with Janet Gretzky and a few of the other player, uh, wow. the other people, yeah. there was I, some <laughs>
3: I know of it vaguely. I yeah, know. like oh, there was was a, again, it's it's yeah.
1: having a third party bet on your behalf that can be a problem, right? Yeah. That's that's part of in certain jurisdictions. It's a problem. Listen, every law in every state in every province is different. Yeah, so it's very, very hard to come at this like Ontario law says this, but New York state law says something completely different, mm-hmm. right? So um, uh, all that is to say to me, you know, the NHL did not want you to find out the full details of this, but I also think this is the NHL flexing its muscle. You know, what's interesting about this situation for me is that it's 41 games because at the heart of this all, all that Shane Pinto did was break a user agreement with an NHL partner gambling app. That's it. How is that worth 41 games? And what, what projection does the NHL want to give you? And just give me a sec here because I want to I give you sure. that. Um, what, what, what is the NHL trying to send a message to its players about? A, watch your ass mm-hmm. with gambling. I don't want any, any bullshit, right? And I, and I don't blame them for that. 100% I would get that. 100% you want to. You the other thing is that I think the NHL has had some pretty rough reversals lately. And I think they're trying to send a message. The PA... Well, Dreger kept saying he thought it was going to be more. The, well, yeah, and that's not what I've heard. Interesting. The PA won a big battle with Babcock. Okay. Yes. They won a big battle with Pride Tape. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. And the, the interesting part of this was that the PA is not going to appeal. And my question is why? Is 41 games for this crime fair doesn't feel like it and it feels like to me crime it,
3: within the cba
1: 100% not like yeah crime. yeah yeah crime within the cba i'm, I'm go, using go crime to jail as a as a yeah. thing you um, go to jail for crime crime yeah 100% yeah. i cry you know is this infraction better better termination there you go. is is this infraction worth 41 games no objectively it's not so what message is the nhl trying to send here we know that that Marty Walsh and the PA have been far more engaged than Don Fear and the PA ever were. Marty Walsh by all accounts has been doing a really great job. It and sounds
3: like by doing a really great job he has simply been doing his job. Bingo. Don Fear was useless.
1: But too. why why was Marty Walsh brought in,
3: guys? Uh, what to, was his mandate? To I mean my bar is so low for the head of the NHLPA so to come in and be the voice of the players.
1: Okay, but the mandate Beyond that simple job description is twofold, right? Okay. No more lockouts, right? Oh. Don't want any more lockouts. Please, please. No more lockouts. No more strikes, hopefully. Yeah. Number two, for the, for, especially for the star players that are not really engaged in the PA, that ignore the PA, the only thing that they give a shit about is what? Money? Olympics.
3: Oh, Olympics.
1: World Cup. Those things. And I am, whenever the, listen, whenever head office is involved, I'm going to be a little suspicious and maybe this is me with a tinfoil hat, but I do find it funny. It fits you well. That the PA, well, it's, it's the only hat that fits me. My head's huge. Hmm. I do find it funny that the PA is not appealing this or allowed this, signed this at 41 games for really an infraction that from the outset doesn't seem that bad. It's an infraction. It's suspendable. 41 games? 41 games when you
3: consider like If Andrew Kane got like what was it? 20, 20 games, 21 games for breaking COVID protocol, um you'll get we we just saw Rasmus Anderson jump into a player's brain. Um, four games and that and was, was suspension. Four, it's four games sus- a spent suspension that was appealed and it was also the biggest suspension in over a year. Right. And it was upheld. So this is more than What's ten ten
1: times, times worse than an illegal check to the head. And what's at stake for the NHL? Their brand. What Shane Pinto did inadvertently by being a knucklehead, let's be honest, it's a knucklehead move, Yeah, was short. he put the NHL's brand at risk. And, and by, because, because instantly when people say gambling and hockey or gambling and sports, they're going, did he bet on his own games? It's the first question out of yeah. everybody's mouth. So even the smell of that, the NHL is going to be all over it. <laughs> and I think the PA knows that this is way too much. This is an overreaction for what this was. It was a knucklehead move. 20 games? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. But I think they're sending a message of, listen, we, you can't do this. And also, B, PA, um, you're not going uh, to appeal this because if you want to go to the Olympics, if you want to do these things... Uh, you are absolutely not going to appeal this suspension. There's no reason that the PA should have allowed for this to be 41 games. No way. That's, that's my biggest gripe with this.
3: It's, it's really difficult to have a passionate opinion about this without knowing everything, right? Like it, and
1: you'll never know everything because they've signed agreements.
3: Exactly. It doesn't pass the smell test. Something is weird. It's, also, it's weird how little anyone involved has put up a fight. Isn't it? Like, Pinto, no fight whatsoever. He's like, yep, whoops. (laughs) What do you mean, whoops? You're, like, he was supposed to sign something like a $2.5 million deal this year. 2.2. He lost $1.1 million and it's fine? Then, on top of that, he's going to have to accept his qualifying offer, which was what? Or was that the two point two?
2: Yeah, no, that was the one they were trying to make room on the cap for before training camp. Before all this was What is the QL? Do you know? So uh, they offered him. Um, I think they're going to end up around the million dollar range. It's going to be there. That's a lot.
3: So yeah. I'm also that's confused. all big yeah. I'm also confused as to whether or not he is eligible to play this season. He is. He is. So he, because if he didn't have a contract signed by December 1st, then he would be ineligible. that
2: does not apply for him. He is not, oh, a, that's right. he is not an, a regular RFA. He is a 10.2 bracket C RFA in that he is not eligible to be offer sheeted. So the December 1st deadline does not apply to him at all. So this he is decide, not he sign at any time. Of play.
3: This is not the same situation as Nylander with the lease no, no. where he did completely have different. to sign by a certain day, no. completely different. Interesting. Yeah. So. Game 42, he dresses for the Sens, in theory?
2: Yeah, ver- against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in January. Yeah, that's the game he's eligible to come back to because it's, the suspension is retroactive to game one, so you can just count the games. They play the Flyers in January, and that's the game he can come back and play.
3: And he and his representation and the NHLPA are all just like,
1: cool. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> there's a, there's a, it's a saying that I love, and it's not always true, but the truth has a ring to it. So if something doesn't seem mm. right I love that. And the qualifying offer, I just want to get it right, eight hundred and
2: seventy four thousand dollars. So okay. he's losing
3: over a million and a half dollars mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Don't make, I, th- do the math, I think they, they might give him the mill. I don't know if they'll bump him up for all this. No, they're gonna they're make a what for eight seventy four. Why yeah. would you? now you can go make a trade deadline pickup, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm <laughs> listen, I, I just wanna say we don't know the whole story, we never will. But there's a reason why there's several reasons at work why this is big, and it has you know again, I think number one is you don't want that trademark shield NHL. you don't, they don't want a Pete Rose situation, right, right. where you know you've got you, you don't want the the question um, the integrity of the game, yeah not blame them. they have to do that. Of course yeah. but 20 games is enough to send that message to not only Pinto but the entire league. 41 says to me something else at play, not not on Pinto's part, but I think the NHL has had some serious reversals in the last two months. And the PA looks amazing in public opinion. Yes. And I think the NHL is saying, uh, we're still in charge here. That's what it seems like
2: to me. Gary Bettman has done a masterful job in keeping the entire NHL rulebook and the CBA extremely vague. So when things happen, he gets to do
1: whatever he wants. And I don't like it. (laughs) What I love about this, Jesse, is that, you know, all players are entitled to like an adjudication. And the adjudication is with Gary. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so the NHL suspends you. So, so what do you, what's your recourse if you're Rasmus Anderson? Well, you get to talk to the guy that hired the guy that suspended you. (laughs) Unless it's over a certain
2: amount of games. Then they have to go to the third party. But like, but
1: then you got to sit out and wait until that adjudication or that arbitration happens,
2: Right. But because this was under five games or whatever, Gary gets to just make the decision that the guy he hired made the decision and he's going to say, yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, and also like, there was part of me where I was like, oh, okay, this statement is really good from Gary Bettman. When Mm -hmm. Uh, it came to the why he, he upheld the Rasmus Anderson um, suspension, but like also, that's a fan. That's a fan making that decision. Mm. What do you mean? Gary Bettman doesn't have a hockey acumen, <laughs> and it, it'd be like me being like, yeah, no, that's that sounds about right. I think though with. Gary- <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a guy like in in in
2: he came from the NBA if we're going that far
1: back yeah. Yeah. like he yeah. has he's a basketball guy he has expertise and it's not in how safe or dangerous a hit is no it's about <laughs> no his expertise is legalese yeah yeah so he looks at the way it's written down and he goes well that's the way it's written down so that's the way we're gonna do it and he writes it too so he gets to interpret his own rules that be the guy <laughs> I don't know if that should be the guy. You know, Steve, you might have found
2: a flaw in the system. (laughs) Yeah, I think
1: I did. Which goes to my point. I don't know if that should be the guy. uh, It goes to my point of Gary is saying I'm the boss. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, PA. Don't fuck with me, players. I think there's people right now uh, like, Steve, isn't that the
3: pot calling the kettle black? Every day I wake up and I can't believe my life. (laughs) What are you talking about? I never played hockey. You know, uh, you I'm sorry. I, I
1: I don't. I've never understood that argument. You had to have played to to understand hockey, because some of the fucking worst coaches, GMs, and on-air analysts I've ever seen are former players. Horrendous, <laughs> horrific. It's so funny to me. It's it's the one argument people have, and it's the one thing I always say, okay, well, Mike Milbury exists. He did all three. He played, he GM'd, and he was on the air, and he was bad at all of them, although he's extremely charismatic. That is why
3: I will always, always, in the bottom of my heart, love Colby Armstrong. Because when we were, um, there's this thing called the Lotus Lounge at Sportsnet. And we would sit there and, you know, in between uh, needing to be in studio, we would sit there and there's a bunch of TVs and we would watch all the games. And he would look over to me and earnestly ask me what I thought about players. And like earnestly, like, oh, you know, how do you think this game is going? And every time, like, I would pause, like, what do you care. (laughs) Because you're Colby Armstrong. You played in the NHL. Why do you want to know my opinion? And like, we would... Talk shop and shoot the shit, and he'd be like, "Yeah, here's where I agree with you, and here's where I, you know, here's where I think you might have missed the mark." But he agreed with me like eighty percent of the time. it was, think, it, was I, it it gave me a real confidence boost. I
1: think the point is that you can learn something without without actually doing it. Yeah, it's crazy. So you, you know can, what, Gary should be able to You, make you these can, calls. You can learn Team rocket Gary. science. You can learn rocket science without going to space. Holy shit! You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. Like we all those guys that go to space are brilliant scientists. We still need to do a I big, don't know if We need that's to do a the big, same thing. a big show. It's the same, Jesse, and it matters is, this is Is much.
2: rocket science only space travel?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I said it into a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it mind. would be weird if someone was trying to make a light comparison. Let's take everything <laughs> 100% literally. <laughs> Thank hey, you hey, read Jesse. I'm Adam Wilde, and uh, you know what? This is a lot like the Egyptian army. It is. Sure is. Fell apart. Just saying. Um, uh, So all this is to say, Shane Pinto, 41 games for being a knucklehead. The suspension seems too long because it is. Um, And now I think players are probably looking at their betting accounts going, I hope no one else has my password and I would change it this morning. And, you know, I don't fault the NHL at all for protecting their brand. Gambling is a very sticky thing. Uh, It has to exist. It will always exist. Uh, Better that it be legalized and exist than not. Um, but uh for for the NHL, they have to protect the integrity of their game. 41 games is how
3: I saw some people like, oh, well, isn't it hypocritical because they advertise it and they have it on the helmet? No. No. It's like anything, there are rules to it, and he broke the rules. There
1: was a lot of gotcha tweets yesterday, and I was like, okay. Yeah, what (laughs) did back it off?
3: What did you there were a lot of arguments that (laughs) fell apart if you literally like like, he just blow on it a little. And it
1: it there's rules. Listen, yeah. you don't have to be a rocket scientist to go to rocket science just to go to space. There you go.
3: Okay. You 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 pull me better over, than that. You <laughs> pull me over. I got a six pack in my lap. Oh, it's yeah. not, I, I'm over nineteen. <laughs> What's the fucking problem? Like no man, there's rules. Yeah. There's rules.
2: Yeah, if you drink and drive, no one's like, oh, you know what, all those beer sponsorships, they're done.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> you guys advertise beer, but your employees drink and drive. I, I don't know. Like man. what? <laughs> like, no, there's there's rules. There's rules, and you have
1: there's to rules follow the rules and you broke them. You have to follow the rules. Yeah. You have to. So anyway, I I, I, I uh <laughs> it's it's sort of an odd end to the Shane Pinto saga, because I guess that's over. Um, wow. It's unbelievable. Like it the last awesome. month of Pinto. yeah who could have called this like no one would have ever seen this coming
3: no well and also like for obvious reasons with what's going on in the nhl and pending stories like you don't want it out there like, like oh there's a big shane pinto story coming
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, because that's instantly where people's heads go because of the Hockey Canada stuff that's yet to drop.
3: I mean, I don't know. You hear someone is about to get a big suspension and it's not hockey related. And uh, I don't know. You're, you're, uh, the world is your oyster. Uh, you know, imaginations run wild. You have no idea what that is. So the fact that we knew nothing, 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 here's everything. Yeah. And here's all we're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they handled it as well as they could have.
1: So uh, I do want to talk about the Leafs and Star as well, because Ken Reed is up next, and it's yes, a great it interview and it's so much fun, but I do want to quickly talk about a couple things with the Leafs. First off, I wanted to start by saying, and we probably don't have a lot of time for this, if you look at the Stars roster, such a great roster. So before the game, mm-hmm. I'm like talking to Natalie about it. I'm like, see how they like, can you believe? Like even Mason Marchment, that guy's a, that guy a, that guy's score goals. And he scored last night. I'm like, he's playing fourth line. What the hell is this? Oh, I know. Well,
3: and uh, that team, I, I watched them lose. I watched them lose a the game last night
1: and I spent the whole game going, God, they're so good. And God, they're so good. The one thing I would say is. Just like the Rangers starting Jonathan Quick against the Oilers, Scott Wedgwood against the Leafs, he's got good backup numbers. He's been good. Like, I've had
2: no problem with Scott Wedgwood this season.
3: No, he's he's good. Uh, I think, I wonder if that was like a sports science decision, because they don't play until Monday. Mm-hmm. So, Jake Ottinger, who has had lots of injury issues, even though he's one of the
1: best goalies in the league when he's not injured... um, He's gonna get like a week off mm. in between games. So I also every time the Leafs go to Dallas and there's a couple arenas that are like this, I feel bad for whoever's sitting off as a goalie. Cause they just sit by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like separate from the bench. They're like in the corner. It's like, oh, this is great. This is so much fun. Like, can you imagine how much shit they take from the from fans
3: and stuff? Oh, I didn't even think of that. I was gonna how say How is that like, allowed you- in
1: today's NHL? I'd be like, hey, arena. Take two of your chairs out, you cheap bastard, yeah. and extend the bench so that the goalie can sit on the bench with the players. Like, why can't the goalie sit in the tunnel? 100. percent No, but they sit. They just sit up like with like a family next to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really strange. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I was looking
2: for the quote from uh, Peter P. D. Uh, Debu. Uh, he said, "A priority since day one. Uh, it's maintenance for Jake Ottinger is why he didn't start. And Jake Ottinger last season." Like, uh, to no fault of his own, he ran out of gas by the time the playoffs ran he around. He was not great. He was not great in the playoffs because he played a lot of games during the regular season. So, I think this se- season, as PD Debo is talking, like, it's maintenance is P. one P. of their D. priorities S- for Authentic S- I I this season. Catch on, I, I'm trying to make it a thing. I kind of like it. I don't it. know if it's
1: going to
0: happen. It's going to catch on.
1: <laughs> uh, um, to that point, I wish the Leafs had been able to have that conversation with Freddie Anderson back in the day when he was at his best with the Leafs. Oh. Uh. Because they just never freaking did. And every time the playoffs came around, you could tell he was gassed.
3: You could tell. Uh, Don't play the player. It's it's still the the team's... And
1: the Leafs deferred to the player a little too much, I think, back then. I think they did right by the player too often.
2: It goes back to like, you never play in the NHL. Yeah, every NHL player who's ever played in the NHL would tell you, I'm never going to sit out unless somebody tells me to sit out or I got like a broken leg. And even then, I'm going to try and play on it because it's the playoffs. So Dude. it's up to the coaching staff and the medical team to say, you're taking a maintenance day, Mr. Andre, and you're uh, we're playing Scotty Wedgwood.
3: Oh, uh, there was a Leafs Panthers game a few years ago. Al Montoya, I think it was tore. He like Tor's groin. But because Luongo had already left the game, he went to, like, hospital or something for, like, I want to say, like, dehydration. Um, And they wouldn't go to their emergency goalie because it was still a winnable game for Florida. Little did they know they would have been fine. Uh, But Montoya (laughs) finished the game. He, like, played an entire period with an injury that ended up keeping him out like a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Like these these guys are nuts. You have They're to crazy.
2: tell them. You have to order them to do this and yeah. not give them an option. Freddie Anderson should have definitely played less games.
1: Don't the, yeah. Don't expect them to be. And I hate to say use this word, but like mature enough to say I can't do it. And and they never they didn't get to the NHL saying I can't do it. So that's totally anathema to them. Look at Giordano. He's played great, and he was great last night. Hey, if, if you okay, cannot play him every game this year, let's invent a player. Uh, he's. <laughs> Okay,
3: we have to start with he's 40 years old, okay? Now, what should he do? Should he dive in front of every shot? No, that's probably bad, right? We don't want him to do... Oh, too bad. That's exactly what he does. Dives in front of every fucking shot.
1: And wants to play 20 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. And And who can blame him? He won the Norris. Like, I can't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. When was that? Five years was ago. Was it recent? No. Yeah. Like, he was old when he won the Norris. He was oh, old yeah. when he won the, the <laughs> Norris. Like, people are like, I can't believe what he's doing at 35. He's now 40. Like, that
3: dude Christ. does like kick saves in the slot. <laughs> and like, listen, I'm not going to tell Margie or Daniel how to block shots, but I'm positive they don't teach you to expose your inner ankle <laughs>
1: When blocking shots, guy wants to win. Mike
2: Johnston on the broadcast was talking about how this off he lost weight because he wants to Giordano. Giordano lost weight this off season. Like it was, it's it's a rare thing to do when you're at this age to change your off season routine. Like usually by like thirty, you're in there, and this guy's a forty year old who's like, you know what, I'm gonna get a little lighter so I can play a little more and uh, keep this thing
1: going. I want to know who. That's I an s- unbelievable mentality. I wonder if he's got the same guy that had that Spezza had. Because that guy extended his career. I
3: imagine he does. Spetsa and Thornton.
1: Oh, they had the same
0: guy.
3: There's. I heard a story. The uh, Spetsa and Thornton were trying to reason with this player. I'm I'm not going to say who the player was. Uh, you need to work out with this guy. You need to work out with this guy. And they wouldn't. the The, the player refused, and they ended up retiring
1: like two or three years later. Wow. They
3: had so much more gas in the tank.
1: Um, Now, I want to ask you guys this. I've asked you four or five times already. How long before Joseph Wall is the starter? He is the
3: starter currently. He is the starter. Now,
1: Justin Fisher put out a tweet yesterday, and I thought it was interesting. He's like, it's great that Wall's doing well, but you got to put Sammy in uh, on Saturday. And the reason for that is, that they are. He's like, the reason for that is you need both goalies going. Do you agree with that?
3: Absolutely. I, um, from the beginning of the season, like Sammy got, I think, four of the first five starts. And I thought that was weird. Um, I know they wanted to get him going. I'm sure that was it because he didn't have a great start. But I looked at Wool, Sammy, and the idea that Wool could take a a step here. I I thought it was going to be a tandem from the get-go. Like, I mean, through the first five games, one guy's going to have three, the other's going to have two. I would assume Sammy would get the three. But they seem to have him as the clear cut starter. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm wool is one of the first goalies to win the starting job from the bench. <laughs> That's how bad Sammy was. Yeah he was. The cherry on top is Wool comes in and he's bloody fantastic.
1: You almost want to put at least through Sammy's games this year, you almost want to put um a bungee cord between him, his jersey and the net. Oh dude like, like he a, was a, he was a little bit Miracky.
3: Every uh you know what? Like is he has no idea where the post. is. Well, that's are. why you call it. That's
1: why it's his brand.
3: Yeah. On a right. good night. <laughs> on a, so that is Mrazic's brand. Yes. Frederick Anderson, when he was good, I, I tell you what, on nights where Freddie Anderson was good, he looked a lot like how Joseph Wool looked last night. Yeah. He was a uh, the Terminator was a in that. He was a wool. He had uh, just very controlled, calm movements. Mm-hmm. When he didn't have it, holy shit, he was all <laughs> over the ice. Jack Campbell was a little less methodical, a little more chaotic, but it got worse um, when he didn't have it together. Wool is ice. He's ice in there. Sammy is the complete opposite. He is a a dog when the doorbell rings. Did you know that he's uh, going ape shit
1: at every puck? You guys know that Ottinger and Wool are, are like really good friends? No
0: way! I I, yeah.
3: uh, I saw that on the broadcast. They were goalies on the U.S. World Junior. Oh, team. Yeah. And
1: he was <laughs> saying, I guess, I guess Ottinger was saying last year in the playoffs he would watch Wall, and he's like, that's going to be his net soon. Mm-hmm. Oh. and he was great. Sorry, Jesse. I know you got. Oh uh,
2: no! There. I was going to say like, no matter how much we love Joseph Wall and Sammy's not playing well, this has got to be a relatively fifty-fifty split at the end of the season because. Yes. Elias Ambassov's career hive starts as 44. Joseph Wall's total career starts as 15. Yep. Like we're gonna get to a point where they're all they're both split in time. It's 50-50. No one's really the starter, and whoever's the hot hand gets to go into the playoffs. But they're gonna end up a 43, whatever split, 45, you know? It's gonna be relatively the same because as we saw with Art and Jared, you can't just overplay these young goalies. Yeah, unless
3: great. someone gets hurt, yeah. Um, I think you have to do a split. And even if someone were to get hurt. Uh, you know, let's say I don't know. Wool goes down, and then it's Sammy Martin Jones. Mm. Like even still, I think you need to find a way to get Sammy his rest. Or if it's just Wool Martin Jones. Martin Jones can
2: play thirty games.
3: He played. He like, played. Was, so wait. So wait. How many games did Sammy play last year? Forty-two. Forty-two. How many games did Martin Jones play? I bet it was more.
2: Martin Jones.
3: Had Twenty-eight wins.
2: Martin Jones. Uh, Forty-eight. So, Martin
3: Jones played more NHL games yeah. with an with an eight eighty seven. He played more games terribly than Elias hey, hey, Samsonov hey. last year. Hey, hey he's he uh, was playing
1: with the what's cracking,
2: right? But yeah. like Martin Jones for. Eighty-two decades in San Jose it was a starting
1: goaltender. Like, yeah, he can, he and can. he was bad for all of them. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Most of them. No, Just he
0: wasn't. <laughs> Roll the <a> game. <laughs> they were very good. Uh,
2: I don't think so. <laughs> they are very good Sharks teams, and if if, pinch, if we, they need him in a pinch, he can start as many games as they need. If for you
3: need a goalie to win a bunch of games. And have the worst save percentage. If you need one <laughs> of the least explainable goalies, <laughs> careers. <laughs> least explainable goalie careers ever. so mean to Martin Jones. Jones. Dude, he's got like <laughs> 1980s Stanley Cup contender goalie stats in his career. Yeah, he's got Darren Pang stats. He goes, he, <laughs> he goes does. everywhere he goes, he wins and lets pucks in. In the 15, <laughs> really
2: 16, 15 16 season, 65
1: games played, 9 18. Oh,
3: that's a, that's a stupidly good season.
1: Yeah. yeah. When was okay, his last that was, that? that was his peak. What was his last season that was 901 or higher? Well, we got 901 go or higher 1718. <laughs> <laughs> now I know we had a 900 with the flyers a few years ago. But like, oh, man, there's no drop off there. No, he, he's consistently an 896 goalie. <laughs> 918, 912, 915,
3: 896,
4: 896, 896,
3: 900, 887. Holy shit. That is that. That cliff is uh, that uh, that hill is vertical.
2: Mm-hmm. That is. Oh. He's only played two games with Marley's this season
3: uh that doesn't shock me they haven't played yeah? that many games i think oh. their season or are they starts giving
1: all the uh, is petra daddy getting all the games
3: petro daddy i no. i think their season starts after the
1: nhl oh, okay right. and I've they
3: uh the no uh minor league goaltending is uh
1: different we gotta yeah, uh, yeah,
3: it's, uh, it's i mean guys will get healthy scratch because the ahl has fucking um back to back to backs
2: and <laughs> yeah, the triple edders oh my god yeah, awful if we gotta call up nick barton and ask him how uh how uh
1: Martin Jones is looking yes we do um, Mitch Marty f- gets a big goal that felt it felt like y- his reaction to that was like yeah like you know it, it you he had he rung one off the post earlier yes. it felt like that was like huh that was one of
3: his so that was maybe his best game of the season.
1: Yeah, He's um. Good. I'm don't worry. I'm saving the best for last. Playoff. Morgan Riley has started the season <laughs> seven points, seven games. Looks real good. That feed from who I'm getting to next. William Nylander. Oh,
3: William Nylander. <gasps> took me a second. I'm like
1: he and Tavares are both on eight game point streaks to start the year. With the empty netter, let's sorry, go, JT. Sorry. Seven game points. Yeah, streaks they haven't played eight games. Yeah. Can you name the three? No, it's eight games. The three <laughs> Leafs they are tied with at seven. Who are the three Leafs they're tied with at seven game point streaks to start the season?
3: Oh, what? to start the season? What?
1: Yeah. Oh, like all time, all
2: time Leafs. Oh, okay. Uh, Hap Day, Babe Die, and Matt Sundin. You suck.
3: Go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm also going to say, I'm going to say Doug Gilmore because he had that ridiculous 92, 93, and then they won 10 straight the next season. Mm-hmm. So, Doug Gilmore, I think it's going to be someone really unexpected, like Clark MacArthur. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Because I remember he started his league tenure, I want to say he had goals in like four straight,
1: and Philip Kessel. So, one of them is Austin Matthews. Oh, son of a another one is Doug Gilmore, 9394. Excellent. And another one, and Jesse was joking, but he's right, babe die.
0: Fuck (laughs) you, Steve (laughs) Dagle!
1: One of my answers, <laughs> babe die, babe die in 1921 22, 102 years ago. Jesse, Let's go. Jesse
3: looked at me and said, Babe, you should go die. Uh, now
1: there are three guys. Damn, if 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 Nylander and Tavares score any points on Saturday, they are three guys who hold the record who they would tie. Okay, oh. longest. Points uh, lo- longest season opening point streaks in franchise history. Who are they? Cool. Nazem Kadri. Interesting.
3: Right. I'm going to say like t- like 2013 okay. Nazem Kadri. All
0: right. Yeah.
1: yeah, he was good. He was really good in the third line. So I already know him. With loops. Okay. I'll shut up.
3: Uh like it's gonna be so much stupid. Thomas Caerlet-hmm no. and
1: uh um Calet queen King of the ghost assist Caberlet. he's always a secondary assist machine yeah that's uh who else was on that 93
3: 94 team Mike Gardner question mark
1: they had some good scores on that team yeah Jesse. um just name three guys J.V.R okay. I like oh, that. That's yeah an interesting one.
2: Borea Salming. Also interesting. Um, and uh, I don't know. Um,
1: Domi.
0: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Domi. <laughs> uh, so you were,
1: Jesse, you were closer on the era. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Lanny McDonald. He oh. I mean, was one of the big three in the 70s, right? Frank Mahovlich. Mm. So 61-62. And John Anderson in 82-83. I'm Anderson. surprised you guys didn't, didn't go more go 80s? 80s. Like yeah. Rick Vibe or anything. Yeah. You know, I'm, not too, I'm not too good with the 80s guys. Well, they were. The it's a pretty forgettable team in the 80s. Uh, except for that, you know, you, you love them, but it was pretty bad. I know like the cup leafs yeah. from like the <laughs> 20s. And then there's <laughs> <Babe> like a... Babe <laughs>
3: die. The <laughs> 70s? <laughs> fucking babe die. The 70s are a complete blind spot in my life. Yeah, See,
1: I like the 70s one. The 80s Leafs are tough for me. Uh, they had what's really tough is the Leafs could have had Vinnie Domfus, Matt Sundin and Doug Gilmore on the same fucking team. But they had to trade Vinny Domfoos for Grant Fuhrer, who then they they then traded because Felix Botvin came out. Of Was great. Um, the best um, goalie ever. Um, OK, the, so this is the other thing. Uh, what is the lo- the longest season starting point streak by any player? How many games?
2: Any, by player, any, in play, any
1: player in the NHL.
2: So it's probably like, it's probably Mario.
1: Oh, oh.
3: Yeah, it would have to be Mario.
1: Okay. Or like, I don't know.
3: Mario 92, 93. Stupidest season anyone has ever had.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's not Mario, it's Wayne. Ah. And it's going to be one or the other. 51 games. Holy shit. (laughs) All the way off. Remember, because he had 50 goals in 37 games. It was that year. Um, Go
3: from A to B and B to A and fuck off the entire way. Don't you hate him? Don't you hate him?
1: Uh, It's crazy. And Bertuzzi broke. He scored the first power play goal against Dallas this year. They were 17 for 17 beforehand.
3: Get wrecked.
1: Which is crazy. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, so those were kind of the things that I sort of wanted to hit with that. Kind of nuts, right? right? And then it looks like Jake McCabe was injured on the first shift. He played like 10 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking it's looking like William Lagas might be called up. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. So, because uh, they need, uh, that's a guy that they signed, they thought to be a tweener uh, or at least to be more in the NHL roster. So that might, he might be making his debut on Saturday.
3: Yesterday in the LFR, I said either him or Benoit because uh, they had Benoit with them and mm-hmm. he is a, He's more like Jake McCabe than
1: Laguson is. They haven't announced anything yet, so we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, and Bedouin hasn't played this season.
2: I saw oh. people are uh, just double oh. checking there, and everybody was like, "Can you insert a guy who hasn't played?" Well, uh, that well that would <laughs> sure seem to be a problem. At least Legison's like warm. You know, mm-hmm. Benoit yeah. hasn't yes. had a game on ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So Robertson, he's a great defenseman. couple of things before we get to the Ken Reed <laughs> interview, which is spectacular. Yeah. Um, the Avs and Bruins both lost. The Bruins lost to the Ducks in overtime?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Why?
3: <That's
1: how laughs> see, it always works. You see the game before that,
2: the Ducks benched Zegris. Oh, and I then, didn't see that. Yeah, so they benched him. And then this game, he comes out, plays like 22 minutes, looks good. And uh, I forget who got the OT winner. Yeah. Uh, no, right. it was like McTavish. Yeah, it was oh. basically McTavish. Yeah, I think it's yeah. McTavish. The but,
3: got one the other night. But then, uh, yeah,
1: just one of the, like, the Ducks. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the, oh, that was the one we picked. And then the Avs lost to the Pens, and the Pens who can't keep a goal out, and oh. Tristan Jari got the shutout.
3: So, he's, he's one of the most mystifying goalies.
1: So there is one unbeaten team in the NHL, and it's the Golden Knights. Uh-huh. Now, here's my question to and they're you. They're never going to lose. Um, if you're the Boston Bruins, you're six zero and one. If you're the Colorado Avalanche, you're six one and zero. So you're you do have an extra point on the abs. Does the lost? Does the O T L in your mind count as a loss, or are you still like, I, yeah. if There's eighty two. There's, there's, there's an L at the end.
3: It's of the. now a point streak. You could you could Not trick only. yourself if you lose in the shootout, but no. Someone put the puck in your net mm-hmm. during play. Like with defending players on the ice. No, you lost. Yeah,
2: and you started this by calling it an unbeaten streak. Now they have been beaten. So their yes. streak is now a lesser streak, which point is streak. the point streak. Right. So uh, they're just ass.
3: I'll, I'll, Bunch I of losers. Take it? I'll, I will take it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would take that point streak any day. Uh, so we're going to talk to Ken Reed now about also his... Also, the, uh, the, before you go on that, we should mention the decertification,
1: or decertification, whatever they're calling the draft thing. Oh, decentralized Decentralization. decentralization. <laughs> decentralized. So yeah, there. the, the players sorry, the owners apparently overwhelmingly voted in favor of decentralized the 26 draft. to 6 is the rumored vote. <laughs> wow. Listen, I don't give a shit what they do. Just make the TV product good. And I know the media are complaining. And it's funny. Somebody uh, I follow was like, um, why is the media complaining? You know you can still go, right? It's not uh, the same.
5: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not probably
1: the not the same uh, because a lot of the GMs and shit won't be there. But also, here's what's here's what the, they don't want to tell you is the the corporations that own the media companies aren't going to spend the money to send them. Yeah. that's what they're upset about. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them because you can't get you can't get drunk with the homies, as Dom said.
3: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I Dom's, don't blame- Dom's he's right. Right. He's right. He's right. He's absolutely. You can't not just drunk with the homies. Drunk with the homies on your company's dime. Yeah.
2: I'm going to miss seeing Julian Mackenzie up till 4 a.m. After I wake up at like 9 and I get a bunch, of, there's a bunch of uh, unread text messages that are like, Julian was just at every bar at all times.
3: Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it is funny going there and being like, oh, you shouldn't be out. Oh, I shouldn't be out. Oh, no, I should be yeah. out. Yeah. I don't yeah, know where you guys get the energy.
2: Dumb. I just go to bed. <laughs> well, I guess we could do this on Monday if you really
1: want. Oh, yeah. What are your children going as Halloween?
3: A fireman. Oh, yeah? He was cute. a fireman. And it's great because it's a costume with a built-in coat.
1: Uh, Everly's going as Elsa. And oh. uh, uh, my we got her an uh, Elsa costume and my mom got her an Elsa costume. So uh, She's going as two Elsas. Well, so what <laughs> So we have an Elsa costume for school and we know it's going to get shredded, right? Uh, That's actually Loki very smart. And then and then we're going to use the other one at night. For, is, for the thing,
2: do we get to dress up on Monday because Halloween's
1: on Tuesday? I think so. Yeah. Also, Drew and Stu did a candy draft, so we're gonna st- we're gonna steal that idea. We're doing a Halloween candy draft. I am ready on to Monday.
3: Fist fight, you guys That's
1: just that's just
2: the old Tim and Sid bit.
1: Oh, they, they oh, that, like, so are you t- are you taking shots at Drew?
2: You, uh, no, I'm saying it's, it's very unoriginal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. no. I'm not taking any shots. I'm just saying it's been done.
3: Yeah, notably <laughs> uh, historically unsuccessful show, Tim and Sid. Yeah, no one That's ever sad. knew about it or watched it. Yeah. No, I'm setting my phone to
1: steal mm-hmm. and taking that bit. Jesse. Oh, yeah. No, um, cool. so one thing Jesse did at Virginia once, which was killer, is what is the best color? of chocolate or like candy box. Cause you know, there's oh. the red, there's the black, there's the yellow and there's the orange. We brought
2: that to this too. So good, yeah, so good. You can still find that. Uh, that's a clip on our YouTube channel. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. We All can right. bring
1: that back. We can do that my Monday. Has changed. All right, so listen, have a great weekend. Bring Kenny on. Let's talk to Ken because this book is amazing. And of course, Ken Reed can spin a yarn. He's from the East Coast. The book is called Woman and Me. Sorry, no, that's Britney Spears, also released the same day. <laughs> oh, the book is called Ken true Reed's true. Hometown Hockey Heroes. Ken Reed, back on come. the s and yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. start. <laughs> that's
1: good, buddy. All right, so listen, thank you for coming over. Ken, it's so great to have you back in person. It's
5: good to be here. Good to be here, talking a little hockey. And listen.
1: We need to get a little closer to the mic. They're a little sense It's
5: good to be here. It's good to be here. Good to talk a little hockey. And listen. <laughs> How's Ryan Reeves going, boys? How you liking my style of hockey? Oh,
1: I don't know, man.
3: His xG is really falling. I don't know what that is. but <laughs> <laughs> What do you I think like- about
5: Ryan Reeves' expected goals, Ken? Oh, oh, expected goals. Well, you don't. Yeah, I don't think he was brought here for that. Uh, <laughs> I think Ryan Reeves will make everybody else just a little bit bigger. I heard you guys weren't exactly impressed with him against Corey Perry. I was listening <laughs> to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's a long season. He's here to help. Get you through the season, make sure you're healthy, make sure you're protected, and make a little room, right, Dangle?
1: A little have, yeah. Room. Yeah. room! I do have to say, we were very. The 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 video of him, of Steve criticizing Reeves, uh, went viral, but the episode before we had been praising him. You had been, and yep. I heard that one. So I do want to say, like, you know, all the, there was a lot of people who were really upset with Steve about well, that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of games. So
5: There's 82
1: games.
5: <laughs> 100%. What I would like to know is. Do you guys feel like you've come
1: to the dark side, like to my side of looking at things? I think there's a little bit of that. I, I don't think it's fully, but I do think there's a little bit of, okay, we can use these hands. We would be coming up the center, I think, right? Because inside, I, I do...
3: inside every millennial is a fist fight war between a boomer and a Gen Z. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, that, is, that is what I experience on a daily basis. Does I, that mean
1: I'm a boomer? Yeah. I thought I was Gen X. No, you're Gen X, man. No, you're Gen, Gen X. X. Yeah. yeah, which is a cool generation, man. They're, they're, well, they're... yeah, we didn't have safe space. No,
5: <laughs>
3: well, it's in, inside every Gen X is a battle between a Boomer and a Millennial, which is just called dinner.
5: Yeah, and clearly the Boomer's winning in me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. People call me Boomer. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah. I think I think what it is with the Leafs is is that you know we have seen the results of teams that punked them. Uh, you watched like. You know, Boston, they always had a good team. So when the Leafs lose to Boston, it sucks, it's painful, and the way they lost was always spectacular. Mm-hmm. But at least you knew Boston was a good team. For me, one of the turning points was Columbus. Uh, Columbus uh, that Columbus play-in, remember, in 2020. Yep. Um, and then Montreal after that, yep. where, you know, Deneau basically, once Tavares is out, Deneau isolates on Matthews, shuts him down, and then there's nothing else. And there's no... There isn't the fight back. I mean, Spetsa fought. Mm-hmm. That was cool.
5: But that's not what he's there for, right? Well, the Wrong no, guy to be doing it. 100%. Right. So yep.
1: I do, I'm starting to see the light a little
5: bit. It's a bit. marathon, not a sprint the regular season. Uh, Reeves will pay off in ways that cannot be quantified
0: mm.
4: by,
5: by the calculator nerd people. And that's why he wasn't here last year. Uh, Brad Treleving, big fan. Got to admit, mm. big fan. I love what he's doing. I think the Reeves thing is genius. I think it's going to pay off. Slowly, it's almost like uh you don't see a guy necessarily win a marathon by running the marathon but at the end he can win the marathon you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying their
3: mm-hmm. front office got bigger too room yeah room in <laughs> the, the room office room. he's like six <laughs> four
5: yeah he is he played in the east coast league he's, he's been there he did knows what it's yeah. like yeah he did yeah he did in the gong show i'm
1: gonna look that up years. here
5: what did like Brad the gong show years is when he in was your fun. book uh no so so the book uh it's kind of, it's guys that yeah i i kind of stayed away from the pros i wanted guys that that were just local legends that mm-hmm. that, that the common uh, hockey fan would not know about. L- he played there, for that. the
1: Columbus Chill. The Columbus in ninety one ninety two, he had twenty nine points in forty nine games and one hundred and seventy penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. Followed that up the next year with the Columbus Chill, fifty six games, two hundred and thirty four penalty minutes. He played
3: wow. uh, in the minors with Kevin Shoveldayoff and Yarmo Kekalainen.
1: Wow, yep. there you
3: go.
5: Now yeah. I want to see. I want to see if there's a heavyweight name here I recognize that he played with. Now Winston Salem, ninety ninety one. That's when the East Coast League was like six teams right oh he got keith a gretzky. gretzky he's got keith gretzky on there but let's focus on the pims shall we uh
3: any names this is your next book by the way we're writing it right now let's- hockey db surfing okay. with Henry. <laughs> and,
5: okay and the, the, this team winston-salem in 1991 that might have been the cleanest team in east coast hockey league history while i'm looking at their numbers that is that is a, a splendidly clean team columbus chill they got to have somebody there
1: uh, Who's Jason Christie with 218? Look at
5: this views. guy, Mark Cipriano 333. Brad had 170. That's that's solid. Penalty minutes? Pims, yes. yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. Look at this guy. Oh, Barry Dreger, three sixty-two. Joey Middlestead, two ninety-six. That's the kind of team I'm talking about. See, I'd pay to watch them play.
1: See, Jeff Merrick would know all of these players. Yes, he would.
5: Yes, he absolutely. Yes, would. Yes, and he
3: would have like an anecdote about. <laughs> yeah,
5: him. I talked to him at blah 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 yeah. blah, and you'd be like, "Wow, Jeff, that's amazing." I got, I got <laughs> Jeff. That. I got Jeff on a player in my book that he didn't know that I thought he would because most of the guys in my book didn't play pro, but one guy, Jeff's good buddy Troy Smith, who coached in the. In the OHL, he's like, You gotta do a story on Paul Palillo in your book, because the book's about local legends, right? Guys did make it. So I go, Paul Palillo, and Jeff's like, goes, Paul Palillo. I look up Paul Palillo. So Paul Palillo, this is an awesome story. They go, If you go into a Tim Hortons in Brantford, the old timers are still talk about Gretzky, but they'll talk about Paul Palillo as well. I'm like, What? Paul Palillo? Paul Palillo, like it brings on this life of its own. So Troy starts telling me about Paul Palillo. His dad tells me about Paul Palillo. Paul Palillo grows up in Brantford, Ontario, late bloomer, grows up with Keith, worships Wayne in the way that I do. He's got the Gretzky Jofa. He wants the Titan stick, the Dow skates, the big (laughs) Jofa gloves up to his elbow. Paul Palillo is a late bloomer, doesn't play major junior. Goes and plays, I believe I want to say Michigan State. Gets drafted in what was known as the supplemental draft, right? This was, was a draft for NCAA guys aside from the NHL draft. He's taken by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gets out of college. The Penguins have new management. They say, Paul, we'd like you to come try out. He goes, well, I want a contract or something. They go, no, no, we're not going to give you a contract. Paul Palillo shows me the letter he wrote to the Pittsburgh Penguins going, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to the Italian League. Lights it up in Italy. Lights it up in Italy. The Penguins want him back. He's like, you know what? I'm cool here. (laughs) Then they start a team in Brantford called the Brantford Smoke in the Colonial League that Ron McLean used to rev in. Now, if you guys think the East Coast League was tough, the Colonial League in the '90s, it was like roller derby, WrestleMania, UFC, all combined into one. And Paul Palillo chap goes back to Brantford, and he becomes the Wayne Gretzky of the Colonial League. Look up Paul Palillo. Okay, how do
1: you spell Palillo?
5: P-O-L-I-L-L-O. And this is in the book. This is in the book. Paul's in the book, and Paul Paul worships Wayne. He wants to be like Wayne. Look at these numbers. Okay, uh, you go ahead. Here we go. Brantford Smoke.
1: What? A, by the way, what a name. Brantford yeah. S- Smoke. Yep. Smoke.
5: Sorry, he went to West Western University. By the way, the way they came up with the Brantford Smoke was a bunch of old guys who were putting the team together. One of them smoking a cigar. He's like, what are
3: we going to call them?
5: He takes a big puff. We should call them the Branford Smoke.
1: <laughs> You're joking. I joke not. The numbers, the points numbers he puts up. So let's start when he gets there. 112 points in 59 games. Then 93, um. 94, 141 in 64. And then 146, 186, 173, and 165. And then he fell off a little bit in the late 90s, 107 points.
0: Oh, bum.
5: So everyone's going, Paul Palillo. why don't you go climb up the hockey ladder? And he goes, you know what? My dad owns a nice company in town. I got a good life. I got a wife. And then he gets one call from the International League. He goes up for a game. They play him four shifts. He's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to ride. I don't want to. I'm, I'm no. living in Brantford. That's cool. Paul Palillo, stud in Brantford. Super nice guy. His son sent me some beauty pictures of him. Huh? There's a picture of him in the book. You guys are gonna love this because remember, this guy grows up loving Wayne Gretzky, and he kind of becomes, in a way, uh his own kind of Gretzky of his own town, even though Gretzky's in his hometown. And he told me in the book, you know what? I still dream of being friends with Wayne. Like he, like it's, he still has those dreams. And you guys are gonna love the picture of him because when I get to it, you're gonna be like, "Oh my goodness!" By the
1: way, when I when you Google Paul Palillo, yeah. and you go, search the image search, Ken Read, uh, your hometown hockey <laughs> heroes comes up in like the third uh, rung of pictures. Nice. Oh, perfect! So that's pretty Where's cool. The picture yeah. of Paul. Oh, it's in here somewhere.
3: Does the paperback not have pictures? Oh, this is the
5: arc. Okay, yeah, this is the ones you get This gave is up. the arc. Oh. Okay, if you get my bag there, I have copies of the the real book, okay. and so- and I'll show you a picture of Paul. So this is the this very is the super special. copy. Ah, oh, the
3: advanced If copy. Oh, were a
5: hockey, the advanced. Copy? If you were a hockey card collector, wow. this would be the one of 20, like more. That's how special you guys are. Wow. Right? We all got one, too. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks he, pal. He didn't even make a share of them. Guys, market. how hockey am I? I my, 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 my bag comes from the Danny Galvin Golf Tournament. The <laughs> <boys> <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, I, no one spins a yarn like Kenny. There we go. All right, <laughs> boys. Low.
5: Here we go. Paul Palello, are we ready? Remember, worships Wayne Gretzky, grows up in Brantford, grew up with Keith. Played with Keith. Played with Keith, which is super cool. Was actually at this famous uh, hockey party during the 87 Canada Cup where a bunch of the guys on the Soviet Union pulled up in their bus to Brantford and went to a barbecue in the Gretzky's backyard after a game at Cops Coliseum. What? Yeah, and Paul was there. Igor Larionov gets the bus, and Paul's there with Keith Gretzky, and they're going, oh, this is pretty cool, you know? Okay.
3: Did he do his job? At that party?
2: What,
5: what, what, like what? Like like get, get them all drunk. Well... Yeah. It was so, the eighties. So they they were gar- gonna get all. They were gonna have a few beers. Yeah, regardless.
1: Right. it
2: right? says on DB that he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, Penguins.
1: Yeah, yeah, supplemental, yeah, a supplemental. A supplemental. Yeah, okay. Supplemental. In 1988, he politely told them wow. No chance. Oh, wow, there he is, Paul yep. Palo, and he has the Gretzky helmet. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Okay, here, I'll he that.
3: actually does kind of look
1: he like. Looks Wayne Gretzky. like Wayne. Yeah, well, yeah, he modeled yeah. his game after Wayne. It's I don't, so, don't have my
3: glasses on, so he looks like Wayne.
1: I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I I don't want to distract from the book because we want to talk about. But you saw that the Wayne Gretzky has teamed up with Northland again, eh? For, really? for wooden sticks. He's got, mm-hmm. you can get three sticks for 99 bucks. Wow. And they're wooden Northland, like original sticks. Yeah. And you can I'm watching
5: my kids' game last night, and none of these kids can take a pass. You know why they can't take a pass? Because the stick's too light. Because they all got the 20 flex for the big yeah. bar down rooster. Give me a <laughs> stick that's stiff and wood, and you can accept the pass and go to the blue areas and tap it in.
3: The blue areas. Right. Old school. That's right.
5: Room. Old school. <laughs> Okay, uh, I still kid, use the Shearwood 50-30, as you know.
3: Your kid for sure leads the league in pims, right? He's a goalie. Oh. So, l- listen.
5: I'll be honest. He punches. He's Billy kid. Smith. Yeah, he's Billy Smith. I actually <laughs> I actually uh, sent Billy a text one night going, uh, you wouldn't believe what my kid did. And uh, put it this way, he owns the blue paint. He's pretty good. At <laughs> yeah. yeah? A little bit of a slash to the most, back. Most yeah. famous
3: yeah. blocker in the entire league.
5: Well, they got one defenseman on their team. By the way, they're 10 years old. They got one <laughs> They got one defenseman on their team. He's like, I love protected Jacoby. So it's like, no, it's ten-year-old hockey. They're
1: they're very simple. Does he wear the? Does he wear like a, a, a modern goaltender's mask, or does he wear the Billy Smith okay. uh, helmet and cage from the eighties? Uh, he wears the modern mask because
5: I took him to his first tryout with this team last year. So we're we're taking it up a notch, and we we show up with this team, and these kids are rifling pucks. And there's this one little guy. He's got a cannon on him. They're they're nine. Bang, bang, bang. My guy takes like nine off the the helmet. And the other goalie dad goes, you should get your kid a new helmet. I go, why? He goes, check check your helmet over. And he's bending it like he's bending a Gretzky-Jofa. And I'm like, wow, I am a cheap man. I will, <laughs> I, I will look. I'll be honest. I'll skimp on the cop, the pads, but I will protect my little man's brain. So we went and got a, a legit helmet. Oh, that's nice. It's good. Shout out, Warrior CCM. Well, there you mm.
2: go. Can we talk about the jersey you're wearing?
5: Absolutely, absolutely, we can.
2: For those listening, Dangling, can you explain what this blue picto, what is the Mar- Mariners jersey is? So
5: this is awesome. This is a Picto Mariners sweater from the 1982-83 season. Uh, David Dort, number seven, played on the team with Teapot Dana Johnson. Teapot, the, the inspiration for this book, was the hero of this team. So David Dort heard, got wind I was making this book. He said, "You got to wear my Mariners sweater while you're torn." I was like, "No problem." So he lent it to me. And the thing was, I got it, and I went, I went, I said, Dave, how did you get the smell of wine, dope, and cigarettes out of this sweater? <laughs> he said, it, it was laundered. It took 40 years of laundering, because when you went to a Picto Mariners game back in the day, boys, you walked into the Hector Arena Picto on a Saturday night. I had two bucks. It was a buck to get in. 50 cents for a program, two quarters for a pack of Opeechee, two packs of Opeechee. Then me and my buddies, Dave Clark, Mark Kroon, and my brother Peter went and stood on the rail above the penalty box, and there was this haze above the ice. There was smoke. It was awesome. It reeked the rink fries, and the only rule from mom and dad, because we could go unsupervised. We're anywhere from 8 to 12 years old. We're unsupervised. The only rule was don't go down by the Zamboni because that's where they smoke the funny cigarettes and the bottles fly onto the ice. It was awesome. It wow. was awesome. Wow! So we didn't go down by the Zamboni. We stood above the penalty box. If there's anybody out there, listening for the Thorburn Mohawks. My brother did not spit on that guy in 1985. That almost <laughs> caused a brawl. Thorburn wanted to fight my brother. It wasn't. He wasn't spitting on the players.
3: No. It never.
5: was awesome, guys. There was there was no plexiglass. It was chicken wire at one wow. end. Wow. Round 86, we got plexiglass. No boards, right? No wow. boards. Sticks, bodies flying into the into the stands. But once every two weeks, there'd be an announcement. If Dr. Dan Reed is in the building, could he please report to the arena office? Dad would have to go fix somebody up in the office. He'd have his kit with him, because we lived just up the hill from the rink. It was it was as pure as you can get. And it 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 put this, I don't know, it it just made me love, fall in love with hockey so much because I'd go watch the Mariners, I'd run home, I'd catch the first intermission with Coach's Corner. Because remember, back where I'm from, Hockey Night in Canada starts at 9 o'clock back then.
0: That's right.
5: So I'd watch the Mariners from 7.30 to 9.30 run up the hill, watch the end of Hockey Night in Canada. It was like, I don't want to say it was like a, the perfect childhood, but in my mind it was. And these guys who wore these jerseys, these sweaters, helped me fall in love with the game as much as a Gretzky or a Lafleur. and they're clearly embedded in my mind. Because 40 years later, I got a book based on the star of this team, Teapot, who Dad used to say, "Money player and the softest hands east of Montreal."
3: Can you please, Jesse Blake, show Teapot on the screen so that we, yeah. There he so is. this is
1: and that mustache has been the same since the '80s. Well, T can
5: grow that. Uh, if there was a world mustache sprint growing competition, T would win. <laughs> and that's T on my T-shirt. Tea so Teapot's the best lobster fisherman in town. There he is with a couple five-pounders. So he's like the Marlboro Man of Picto. So there he is with a couple five-pounders, uh, just hauling them in. F- f- fishes with my with, uh, with my buddy Chucky, and the boys all love him. And there's T back in his day, paying for the Picto Mariners. They won four straight Nova Scotia Junior C championships. Really? Oh, yeah. And so what
2: level is this? Junior C. Junior so, C. So that's, okay. what,
5: that's what this book is about. It's not about guys who played in the NHL that you watch growing up or your hometown heroes. It's right. local guys who made it in their own way. Because Mm. if you're from a small town, there's stories, oh, he would have made it if. So I thought, why don't I twist it around and go, he did make it, he just made it a different way. Mm -hmm. So T and the Baroners won four in a row, Nova Scotia titles, and if you tell T you won four in a row, eh, only thing the sweet one will say, he's known by a lot of names, Teapot, T, the sweet one, only thing he'll say, should have been five. (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me this,
1: how do you find these people?
5: Okay, yeah. that was the beauty of this, right? Because when you, when you drive to Brantford, it's welcome to Brantford, home of Wayne Gratzky. You drive to Cole Harbor, welcome to Cole Harbor, home of... Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Uh, these guys aren't on any hometown signs. Uh, most of them are not on HockeyDB. Paul Polillo was one of the exceptions. So I actually used Twitter for good. I had this idea for the book, and I said, who's your hometown hero? So he didn't make it to the NHL. So a lot of people would write back, you know, uh, guy Lafleur, Wayne Gratzky, but then a lot of people actually got it, and they knew what I was going for. And uh, I, the first guy I called, a bunch of guys wrote, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, New Waterford, Nova Scotia. So I look up Bruce Campbell. He's on Hockey DB, and he played some Junior A, and and I called him, and it turns out, in typical Nova Scotia style, he once lived in the basement of my brother's midget coach because he played senior hockey for him a couple years before and wow. played knee hockey with my buddies Johnny, Mike, and Andrew Sim. And he has a wonderful story. He, uh, they have a rule. Now, this is, this See, is cool. he's a, he
1: was a Cape Breton oiler in yeah. the AHL?
5: so this is cool. So this guy plays Junior A in New Waterford in the Cape Breton Junior A League. He's nominated for Canadian Junior A Player of the Year. He loses to one of the Sutters, okay? Oh. So that June, I forget which Sutter he, lo- he lost to, goes in the draft. But before the draft, Bruce, who was 19 at the time, doesn't know anything. He's at the Centennial Cup to accept his award the nomination. And the Winnipeg Jets go, you want to sign a, tryout, sign a tryout agreement with us? He's like, yeah, all right. So he just signs it. He's not getting a ton of cash. He just took himself out of the draft. He oh, doesn't, He doesn't know this. Oh, So Jets, Jets go, look, Bruce, you're not ready for the NHL yet, but we'd like you to go to Bowling Green State. We got a full scholarship lined up for you. To wow. For, to play for Bowling Green. He goes, he's from Cape Breton. It's 1978. He doesn't know where Bowling Green is. <laughs> No, I just want to play hockey. Goes back to Cape Breton. Ends up going to play in the Newfoundland Senior League. Okay, Forbes Kennedy, one of the greatest tough guys of all time. I think you guys have seen that famous shift where Forbes gets like 68 penalty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picks him up at his house. <laughs> Forbes is driving from PEI to the tip of Cape Breton to take a ferry to Newfoundland. Picks Bruce up. Off they go to Newfoundland. Plays a couple of years in the Newfoundland Senior League. He's lighting it up. The Quebec Nordiques go, you want to try out for us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Goes to Nordique's camp, does well. Gets sent down to Fredericton, Fredericton Express, American League. Lights it up. So to find this out, I have to research these old newspapers. You can't even find mm, stats from Fredericton? it's not even there. So Bruce sends me these old newspaper clippings. I go into the archives of some papers. And Jacques Demers is pumping the tires of, of this guy. It's the 80s, okay? The Nordiques have Michel Goulet. They have the Stastneys. They don't need another sniper, Of course, what do they want? They want tough guys. So they send a couple of meatheads to Fredericton. Bruce is out of a gig gig again, goes back to Newfoundland, bumbles around senior hockey in Nova Scotia for a few years. Then the University College of Cape Breton starts a varsity hockey team, okay? This is Canadian university. They go, Bruce, you wanna play for us? He's like, I'm 28, 29 years old. I don't wanna play university hockey. They go, come on, play for us. You can get your degree. And he's like, yeah, okay. So they sign him up to play. The rest of the Atlantic Canadian Conference freaks out, goes, you can't have a 28-year-old guy. So there's a rule known today as the Bruce Campbell rule that's still in existence that's kind of there because they let him play. And he ends up playing for them, a little bit of senior hockey. But he's so good that when the American Hockey League comes to town, the AHL, the Cape Breton Oilers, the Oilers farm team sets up, Cape Breton's really remote. It's even more remote in 1991. Oilers can't get a prospect there in time. couple guys go down hurt. The coach is like, you know who we should get to play is Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Bruce is literally playing shinny with his buddies, beer league like we play. Boom, goes and plays 15 years, 15 games in the American League. Next year, he plays like 10 in the American League. Wow. He, would just, he was just that good. Wins an Allen Cup national senior Amazing. title with Truro as he's an assistant coach in Cape <laughs> Breton in the Quebec League. Just one of those guys. <laughs> Bruce is a beauty. He sends me video. He's still pressing weight in the gym. And these guys are talking to me about Bruce Campbell, and they're like, all I wanted to do when I was a kid was watch Bruce Campbell warm up because the owner of the New Waterford Jets used to send him out all alone. And as soon as he'd hit the crossbar with a fancy shot, we'd all go to the canteen. And Bruce Campbell this and Bruce Campbell that. And Bruce is a guy. He's in the Cape Breton Sports Hall of Fame. Still lives in New Waterford. Still loved in Cape Breton. I'm going down to do a signing at him at Center 200 at a Cape Breton Eagles game in the Quebec League. And I can't wait to see him. He's just a guy that embodies everything about hockey. And even though he didn't make the NHL, there's still guys who grow up and still talk about him. So that's cool. There's a Bruce Campbell in a lot of small towns.
3: Where's the most unlikely place that was featured in your book, in your opinion? Uh,
5: Well, I I don't really think there was anywhere unlikely because, I mean, unlikely for me for this book would have been downtown Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I understand. Or would have been Vancouver. So the beauty thing about this book is it, it goes to places that don't get publicity like we're talking carobert saskatchewan right um for sure yeah so that that's that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, population yeah. 500.
2: did you go to a lot of the places no phone okay.
5: phone uh as as dangle will tell you as a canadian writer budget sir uh, right
3: they're not as big <laughs> yes. yeah
5: yeah a lot of phone work but that was the fun part was just
1: playing the role of
5: investigator and, like, yeah, yeah, to find out yeah who yeah. these guys were, Dude, right? were,
1: were was anybody surprised that you called? oh yeah Oh, like, yeah. was this? What? The TV, the skier, the TV guy? Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Okay. Really? <laughs> they, they talked about me? Yeah, well, I guess I'll talk to you. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And then the guys were, I mean, you guys know hockey guys, right? They're all about paying it forward. And mm-hmm. Like when, like Robbie Forbes is in the book. Mm-hmm. He's Sidney Crosby's uncle. And he was one of the few guys who I could find footage of. So he helps Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, win the Canadian Senior Championships in 1986. hmm He was brought in there. He had tried out for the Nova Scotia Oilers. Small, center, scoring, 1985, trying out for Edmonton's farm team. (laughs) Let's get a couple goons down there. We don't need you. He ends up in Newfoundland. He's still revered there. Now, he was one of the few guys who I could find footage of, so I'm, I'm looking at, on YouTube, a, a footage of the Cornerbrook Royals from 1985-86. How is that even out there, too? It's, it's out there. It was it's just crazy. Amazing.
3: Merrick uploaded it himself. Yeah. 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 I had that.
5: 100%. If you can find it and you start watching Okay. It, what am I looking up here? Uh, Cornerbrook Royals, 1985, Alan Cop. Cornerbrook Royals, 1986, Alan Cop. Pardon me. If you watch it, it's shot wide, right? They're not having ISOs of Robbie Forbes. And at one point I go, that's Robbie Forbes. Because he
1: looks exactly like Sidney Crosby. By the way, some of these videos have over five, 6,000 views. Yeah, so yeah, there are yeah. people oh, nice. going back. It's not just Ken watching them. Uh, good fights in this league, too. So when you
5: watch it, you know how Sid just got the shoulders and the bottom hand way up? Yeah. Up yeah. Stick yep. in the backhand? Yeah. Slap backhand? That's Robbie Forbes. So this is a He's league. The good. This, yeah. These guys are really good. <laughs> yeah. This is a league where a lot of former NHLers went to play. A lot of guys were on the bubble. Robbie made more money playing in this league than he could have made in the American League and this was legit the fights were good machine gun gordy gallant once went out for a warm-up at the hangar in stephenville it was Stevenville bones against Cornerbrook. once went out wearing a pair of boxing gloves i kid you
0: not. <laughs> awesome
5: awesome yeah and
1: look at the the arena is full yeah packed,
5: packed yeah packed so this is the rink in Cornerbrook. and darts cigarettes beer packed lineups of people waiting to get in. They used to have fires around trash cans waiting all night to buy their tickets to see the Corner Brook Royals. So it was pretty special. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's
3: very cool. And we forget that. We forget that, right? If YouTube was around in the 80s, there's, there's no chance you and I wouldn't have just swapped lives. No. Yeah. You, you absolutely would have been like, yeah, I, you wouldn't believe what happened tonight. <laughs> and yelling and screaming about it. There's yeah. no chance.
5: It's a Picto-Mariners game. So I always say to my brother, man, I wish we had footage of a Mariners game from 85. Because what did it really look like? Because in my mind, I know what it looked like. And I always say if I had a time machine, I'd go back to a winter night in 84, 85, and just, and just watch the Picto-Mariners because... You're right. There's there's no footage. It's memory. So in a way, this book's kind of folklore, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't really document a lot of the footage because you can't document because there's no footage.
3: You're such a good storyteller. Like, I funny. almost don't want to see the footage. Yeah,
1: I'd rather yeah. hear it from you.
5: Well, there's only the only footage I can find is is Robbie Forbes. So. I'll, I'll look it up. But he <laughs> looks just like Sid. It's crazy.
1: I want to say, you know, one of the things that I, I love history, and one of the things that Canadians are terrible at is telling our own history. Yes. Horrendous at it. And, you are know, like, talk to anybody about Toronto before the 1970s, and no one knows a, a single thing. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about anything. You talk to a New Yorker about New York in the 70s, they could tell you, and they weren't even there. Right. And, and, and so what's amazing about this is you're telling the history of the small towns. If Toronto can't tell its own history, imagine what it's like in the small towns, right? You're preserving these stories that are shared around a dinner table.
5: Absolutely, thanks. And and what I wanted to do was give a picture of the town as I wrote it. So I kind of set it up, okay, like, all right. I grew up in Picton, Nova Scotia, population was 5,000, now it's 3,202, 3,200 when my mom and her husband leave town, and <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was fishing and fighting, and there's not a lot of fish left, no. so yeah. you know, things like that, but yeah, each, each town, I kind of want to paint a picture of just, just what the town was, so mm-hmm. that was special to do. Uh, there's a story in the book I know you guys will love. Did you guys see the fight from the AHL a couple weeks ago, Alex Gallant? Yep. Great. Oh my God! Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. How much do you guys think I love that fight? A lot. Yeah. Okay. It's a 10 out of 10 fight. For yeah, you, I would think. So Alex Galant is the son of Mike Pinky Gallant. Okay. Who's in the book. Oh yeah. Alex is doing that in the American League. His brother Brett does it in the American League as well. But his dad, Mike Pinky Gallant, used to do it in the junior and senior leagues of Prince Edward Island. Okay. And the guy. Mike Pinky Gallant would fight the most was Stevie Gallant. Whoa. And the guy who talks about it in the book, who loves seeing them scrapped, was Gerard Gallant. Of course. Who was the stick boy of Pinky Gallant. And in true PEI fashion, neither Pinky, Steve, or Gerard Gallant are related.
0: Oh my You're god. Kidding. Oh. <laughs> You're joking.
5: Now,
3: what's Kid great, about, what's great about
1: this is people don't understand, unless you've been to PEI, even Canadians don't understand how small PEI is. It's small. smaller than Pickering. It's small. the most beautiful place in the country. That, I think Nova Scotia to me is still the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's, nothing is like a PEI summer. Nothing. No. And it, but you Frant's can drive house. across the island in what, 60 minutes? No, no, it's bigger than that. <laughs> three hours, three, three hours. four hours. It's, Put it this way.
0: Well, it depends
3: how which how way. Top to bottom,
5: I once 90. closed my eyes, did a 360 with my finger pointing out, and I hit four galants and three Kennedys. <laughs> but I can say that because I'm from Pictou, and if you do that in Pictou, you hit five McDonald's and six McKenzie's. That's right. So it's all the uh-huh. same. Uh, yeah. Not
1: even the restaurant. That's uh, true. 2019, 156,000 people. Beautiful in, place. In PEI. So in PEI, oh, wow. these guys, these hometown
5: heroes, are massive in PEI because, remember, it's an island. The mm-hmm. only way right. to get off that place before the link was the ferry that ran through Pictou or Borden in, in on the west side. Mm-hmm. So th- when the guys went to games in PEI back in the day, it was literally town against town, uh, family against family. Sometimes family wow. members run opposite teams. George Matthews, fantastic guy, was the play-by-play guy for the Columbus Blue Jackets for a long time. He's interviewed in the book because he used to be the play-by-play guy for Pinky Glantz team. And he's like, the fights? He goes, I would tell the guys, I would tell Jody Shelley, Jody, you're tough, but you have to meet Pinky Gallant. So now to see Pinky's sons doing their thing in the American League, it's just awesome. And Pinky passed away a couple years ago, beauty guy. And he would call, he would stay up late at night because Alex for years, you know, you're playing on the the West Coast in in the American League. He'd stay up and watch Alex play, stay up and watch Brett play in the East Coast. And Alex can go, as you guys saw in that video. And Alex in the book says, dad would always get mad at me when I'd switch to my left because Alex can fight with both hands, but Pinky always wanted Alex fighting with the right. And he'd say, Alex, why'd you switch to the left? You're doing so well. And Alex goes, I was bored.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, uh, one of the things that I I, I love about talking to you about these books, Ken, is it's an idea that I don't think any of us would have thought of Mm -hmm. and go, I want to know all about that. Yeah. I want to know everything yeah. about that. Every book yeah. that you've written, why why do you think this is coming to you?
5: I think it's just me. Like, I, if you talk to my buddies, I still talk about Teapot nonstop. They know mm. that. Like, the boys, a bunch of my buddies grew up and stayed in town, and they played in the Pictotown Hockey League. And they played on the Cayley Optical Oilers, or Cayley Optical Flyers, I think it was called, with Teapot. And my buddy, Mark Harone, would say, you know like they'd win a title teapot would score the opening goal they'd say isn't this perfect the only thing missing is kenny reed boys would he ever love to be here <laughs> so it's just me and it's weird the older you get and dangle you know this you're a mm-hmm. testament to this um i think i've told you guys this line before audio slave to be yourself is all that you can do you didn't set out to be steve dangle it's just who you are right you've you're a guy who screams and yells about Leafs games. it turns out People can relate to that. Apparently. I'm a guy that screams and yells about hometown hockey heroes. I hope people can relate to that, (laughs) but this is authentic. So it's me, uh, and it's other people, and it's other people who have the same stories as me, uh, and I hope there's other people out there who can relate to it. So if I were to to sit sit here and give you guys a book on uh, the left-wing lock and analytics, (laughs) I wouldn't be true to myself. I could do it and maybe lie my way through it, but i'm uh, just being me and i'm a small town guy and i grew up watching small town hockey and yeah do i miss it absolutely do i cherish every time i get to go to a leaps game or a habs game absolutely would i love to watch another hometown junior c game and at the old pecto arena absolutely but life comes in chapters and in this book i'm just remembering a great chapter and
3: how uh, lucky are we
1: there we go i uh uh uh, I, we get a really warm feeling when you come in and you tell your stories, man. Like it's Thanks, really well. genuinely every, yeah. every single time. And I just want to know when you're going to do a podcast
5: well when they back the brinks truck up I think I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> is, you guys gotta tell me is there money in this podcasting game you know
3: no i quit my job for nothing <laughs> yeah okay
5: okay <laughs> there's some but but yeah people ask me that all the time but i'm like yeah well pay me you know it's yeah. like it's like that goodfellas line pay me pay me uh but yeah this book was it was so much fun to do and you guys are gonna I think people are. I hope when people read it, they go, "Hey, you should have done a story about the guy in my town." So uh, that's what I look forward oh, to. Oh, maybe
1: there's a second one coming then.
5: I hope so. That would be nice. I, I would. There's Robbie Forbes right there. That's Sid's uncle. So, okay. Uh, look that's at that. page that's page two. 32. Yeah, actually,
3: you can see Crosby in his face. You can't. Here, can you
5: hold it up to the camera? What a duster as well. And, uh, that's a uh, guy in the middle. Camera four. Camera four. four. That's yeah. Robbie right in the middle. Great okay. dust. And yeah. you know what? Oh, like you can see if you ever you see Sid and. Conducting himself in interviews, just so classy, and you can see where his uncle's the same way. He just, just pays it forward. He's got a he's got a son who's goaltending now in the Maritime League, Junior A League, and another son who's goaltending now for the Dell Tigers, in uh, U Sports. And Robbie, for years, held the the scoring record for the University of New Brunswick. So there
1: you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Man, Kenny Reed, pick up hometown hockey heroes. There's no other person in the world that could have <laughs> written this book other than Ken Reed.
2: Do do I get to shout out Ken Reed for coming out to Markham, Ontario in August? To oh, yeah, oh, you football. do,
1: Sorry, Jesse. Yes, yeah. Jesse versus.
2: So, uh, Ken Reed, thank you. For, for coming out there and play, fun. playing golf go watch jesse versus ken and i have an episode where we just walk around the golf course and he shows how great he is at everything except Don't for lie, putting it was a death match. <laughs> we
5: fought on remember the fight on the 16th green oh yeah <laughs> that was a Bare good one. no, fun, no fun,
2: fun at all you,
5: you guys think i like hockey fighting, golf fighting <laughs> highly underrated <laughs> is is uh, how would you describe jesse's game good he got good, a nice eh? draw didn't you just start i really got into it like during the pandemic yeah it's I, picked up he's okay. got a nice game nice calm swing mm-hmm. plays within himself she just, I he, he's
1: good at, he's good at every sport every,
5: like teapot. everything in life did you guys know that teapot just be quickly yeah jesse you're that time. guy the other night after a senator's game when josh norris came back dj smith said josh is just that guy you know if they're screwing around in the back playing a game he'll win <laughs> that's teapot town golf champion Picked a lobster, kind of a lobster banding champion. Wins darts, wins pool. Best third baseman you've ever seen at the CN field. <laughs> <laughs> like, best lobster fisherman by far. Teapot is just our guy. He's just that guy. That's why they call him a legend back home. He's, and he's That's the third baseman. Jesse
2: is our guy. He's
5: the <laughs> sweetest guy. Jesse is your tee. That's right. T Blake. And look, he's
2: got the big I'd be hair honored too. to be in any kind of conversation with T. Oh, uh, boys,
5: I wish you could meet T. He's the, he's the best. His family's so cool too. They're, they're the best.
1: Well, we would like to get around and do some shows. I think I think the East Coast has got to be one yeah, of them. maybe maybe Kenny, yeah. you could uh, bring in some of your pals and we could have a full line. Oh blown, my god. Uh, what do you think? Cool. Is there smoking permitted in uh. your room? <laughs> <laughs> boys like their dirt some of them
3: anyway. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. We'll
1: open the windows.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Here, we Here we go.
1: Henry, There
0: so much, much for coming Thanks, boys. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.